Today's podcast is sponsored by Jack Frost Big Boulder Ski Areas, where the snow comes first. 93.3 WMMR Audio On Demand presents the Preston and Steve Show podcast. And now, Preston and Steve's news update with Kathy Romano. All right, today is Monday, February 10th. Good morning, Kathy. Good morning. In the news this morning, Philadelphia's new police commissioner starts today. She's tasked with turning around a police department that's seen allegations of sexual assault and discrimination in a city that's struggling with gun violence. Danielle Outlaw says that she's up for the challenge. The 44-year-old is the first African-American woman to be named to the post. She most recently served as police chief in Portland, Oregon. Before that, she rose through the ranks of the Portland Police Department becoming deputy chief and winning a national award for leadership and innovation. In Portland, she created strategies that decreased crime rates. Philadelphia's mayor is hoping that she can do the same in this city. Already this year, we've seen uh, 39 homicides in less than 40 days. The Philadelphia Police Department also faced allegations of racism and gender discrimination in addition to allegations of sexual assault allegations against fellow officers. Those allegations preceded the sudden resignation of former Philadelphia Police Commissioner Richard Ross. The Police Department has also struggled with gaining the trust of the community. This is another mission that Outlaw intends to undertake while looking at internal issues within the department. Outlaw's appointment came after a search that lasted nearly four months. The city considered more than 30 candidates. 18 of them were with inside the police department. Investigators in New Jersey say three dogs that went on a rampage through the Little Egg Harbor Township neighborhood were not vaccinated for rabies. Video of the attack shows a man holding off three dogs in a, the Mystic Island section. Before the dogs were caught, police say they bit six people. Police say four people were taken to the hospital by ambulance after the attack and one woman's arm was bitten down to the bone. Jeez. Police, uh, the people were terrorized. They didn't do anything at all to provoke these animals, the uh, police chief said. On Friday, police said the dogs were not vaccinated and they believed that they may, there may be other victims that, uh, that were attacked. Anyone who was attacked by the dogs should seek medical attention immediately. Police say the dogs belong to 26-year-old Isau Morales and say these dogs have attacked before. In fact, they were seized in December after police say they bit a woman, uh, but they returned to Morales after investigators say he misled to a municipal court judge saying that two of the dogs belong to someone else. Police say the dogs are in custody at the Southern Ocean County Animal Shelter and will not be returned to Morales. Police say Morales faces the following violations for animal control. One count of dog declared potentially dangerous, three counts of dogs at large, and three counts of failure to obtain a dog license. West Whiteland Township Police are looking for two suspects involved in a retail and car theft. A man from New Jersey says two men used hammers to push him out of his car while he was in a Starbucks drive through on Sunday at about 1 p.m. Police say the men who carjacked him were on their radar before the incident. The victim had no idea that while he was waiting in the Starbucks drive through that police say that the two men were dashing across the Exton Mall parking lot at Boscov's with mall employees chasing after them. West Whiteland Township Police recovered a Range Rover. They say the pair drove to the mall. Tracing evidence from that, local authorities believe that they are the same men involved in a string of reta- recent retail thefts around the area and in other states in broad daylight. Uh, they sped off in the victim's 2010 charcoal gray Subaru Forester. Police pursued it, but they got away. Anyone with information regarding the two men or the incident are asked to contact the West Whiteland Township Police Department. And in sports this morning... Ball sacks are yummy. Ball sacks are yummy. The Sixers beat the Chicago Bulls last night in South Philly, 118 to 111. 
Furkan Korkmaz scored more than 30 points for the second straight game with 31. Joel Embiid added 28 points and 12 rebounds, and the Sixers improved to their NBA best home record to 24-2. and Korkmaz made 12 of 17 field goals, going 6 of 11 on three-pointers, and stayed hot after scoring a career-high 34 points in Friday's home game over Memphis. The Sixers are at home again tomorrow night as they host one of the top teams in the Western Conference, the LA Clippers. Tip-off is at 7 o'clock, and the Flyers, who had one of their best games of the season with a 7-2 win over the Capitals in Washington on Saturday night, are at home tonight with the game against the Florida Panthers. The Flyers have 30 wins and 67 points and are in the hunt for the final wildcard spot in the Eastern Conference, while the Panthers are right behind them in the standings with 29 wins and 64 points. The puck is set to drop in South Philly at 7 o'clock, and that's what I have for you this morning. All right, thanks, Kathy. New week, new you, new stuff to do and give away. We have, uh, let's see, a new Word of the Week prize, $500 Steven Singer gift card. And the word is, is that Mr. Singer is stopping by this morning. That's what we hear. It's his week. Yes. It's Valentine's Day. He's Cupid. It's all about love. That's what he does. Uh, so he's going to be stopping in today. So we'll say hi to Mr. Singer. Also joining us on the program today, Rob frickin' McElhenney. I swear to God, <laughs> will be joining us. He actually uh, yeah, he had to cancel uh, twice last week and uh, sent us this really over-the-top apology uh, text to all of us. But he's been uh, crazy busy, and we said, dude, no problem. Uh, he's going to come on today. So we'll talk to Rob. He's got a new show, Mythic Quest Raven's Banquet, uh, which is now streaming on Apple TV+. Plus. So uh, on top of that... We also have another chance for you to win some cash, $500. That is from our uh, friends at the Dr. Oz Show on Fox 29. We'll ask a question after 9.30 about uh, Friday's show, and if you get it right, you win that $500 Amex gift card. Pretty cool. I don't know what all that's about, but they've been giving us money like crazy, so yeah. it's yeah. awesome. We're going to be doing that all week yeah. long, by the way, so we're set to go. Oscars last night, obviously, we're going to be recapping that. We've got uh, the winners and uh, the the clips to play back and all that good stuff and uh, business as usual on this Monday morning. So uh, we'll take our break, come back in a second. Stupid question with some giveaways. Make sure you don't stray too far because we will return shortly and hang with you through the course of the morning. Stream WMMR anywhere you have an internet connection. Check out the mobile app or go to WMMR.com. You'll figure it out from there. Hey, it's Preston. Thank you to Jack Frost Mountain for sponsoring today's podcast. The Preston and Steve Show is headed back to Jack Frost on March 6th for the 14th Annual Cardboard Classic. Go to WMMR.com for all you need to know and to pick up discount lift tickets while supplies last. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. All right, thank you very much, Kathy. So we're going to do the stupid question this morning and give away a pair of movie tickets from Fandango. So you can go see a flick on us. And I'm going to do a movie question. The Oscars were last night. So here is, and this is a Black History uh, Month question as well, courtesy of our, of our buddy uh, Craig Legans from the uh, Comic Book Gurus podcast. Morgan Freeman's first Oscar nomination came in 1987 for what film? Hmm. Yeah, right? 215-263-WMMR. And I'll be honest, I've never heard of this movie 87. before. Yeah. Morgan Freeman's first Oscar nomination came in 1987 for what film? 215-263-WMMR. Let's see if you know the answer. I have a lot of birthdays to go through today on Monday, February 10th. While you're calling in, we'll begin with someone who picked up an Oscar last night. Laura Dern. Ah. Birthday is today. So she's uh, waking up quite happy. I yeah. like it, her. Yeah, yeah, I do too. I've ding, always dirty, liked her. Ding, dirty, ding, 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 dirty, ding. Dern. Dern. 
<laughs> ding, dirty, dirty, ding, ding, dirty, dirty. That was her nickname in yeah, high school. Absolutely. <laughs> ding, dirty, dirty, dirty. Yeah. Uh, dirty, dirty, yeah. yeah. Ding, dirty, dirty, ding, ding, dirty, dirty. We're going to uh, play it later on. She had a nice emotional uh, speech thanking her parents. Yeah, I was thinking maybe we just touch on the Oscars here and then yeah. maybe play the, the audio because we have a lot of we it. a lot of audio. Later on. Uh, so she's 53 today. Roberta Flack. Killing oh. me softly with his song. Uh, the first uh, record player I got, Preston, my parents sort of selected albums to get for me in addition to what I had asked for. Uh-huh. And Roberta Flack, Killing Me Softly, was okay. one of them. Wow. But I kind of like the song. Yeah, no, it's a yeah, great yeah, song. Yeah, yeah. I still I think about about a boy whenever I think of oh that my song God. now, where they do that incredibly <laughs> uncomfortable uh-huh. <laughs> Singing of that song, uh, but she also had the first time ever I saw your face, which uh, is in the uh, Clint Eastwood movie Play Misty for me. Do you remember that movie? I remember that movie. I don't yeah. remember that that was in that. Yeah, she's eighty three today. Oh. Uh, Greg Norman, uh, the Great White Shark, uh, pro golfer, sixty five years old, biggest choker of all time. Oh my god, is he? Yeah, the Masters. He had like a, six had, stroke. It was a six stroke lead. Yeah. on that final round and lost the Masters. Yeah, he fell apart. What did he end up shooting on the final round? I don't remember. And we're two hundred. Oh no, that's like that's, that's probably a that's a what super I would choke, score. right? Yeah. Yeah. Casey at the Masters. Yeah. Shot a two hundred. He finishes it up with a two hundred. <laughs> uh, one of the all-time great Olympians, uh, Mark Spitz. Yes, has his birthday today. He's doing commercials now for a device that uh, you can check your heart. One really? Of those little things to Amazon where you can uh, put your two fingers on it and get a sort of a uh, yeah. heart rhythm check. So he still got a big beefy mustache. He still has a mustache. Okay, not as beefy as it was in those days. Yeah. And he was he was. I remember getting the Wheaties boxes with him on the cover. He was yeah. a heartthrob. Yeah. yeah, but he was only like really featured in the one Olympics, right? Like 1972. Uh, he may have he may have been in another run, but that was when he won what seven gold yeah. medals. Right. And you know, in case he was he had he had the mustache. He had a lot of body hair. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, a lot of people did back then. They didn't really um, shave and you know do all that sort of body contouring stuff. But um, we were talking last week about Serena Williams and how yes. she's the most dominant athlete of all time in any sport. And I was thinking about swimming because. You have somebody like um, Michael Phelps, right? Who probably has more gold medals than Serena has titles, and all, uh, you know. So, does that count? You're talking about uh, water tennis. A uh, water tennis, yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> which is uh, the creation of a new sport that I will participate in. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I I don't know what his medal count is, um, but uh, but yeah, he was, he's way he, up there. He yeah. dominates, absolutely dominates his sport. He's set, uh, Mark Spitz, by the way, seventy today. Uh, George Stephanopoulos, um, host of ABC's This Week Sunday Morning News Show. It's funny when you see them stand up on the set of GMA and you have a Robin Roberts towering over him. He's a tiny little guy. He's tiny. Tiny yeah. little guy. I saw He's... him wearing wingtips at a uh, beach bar in uh, St. John in the Virgin Islands. Really? Like, George, Excuse yeah. me, could you... Uh... <laughs> Get the waiter's attention for me. I can't see my hand over the bar. We're in the Virgin Islands, man. Yes, I would like a a, a Coke. (laughs) Coke. Can I get a Coke? You're going crazy with that caffeine, aren't you? Yeah. He's 59 today. Uh, Robert Wagner. Oh, Mr. Hart. Heart to heart fame is 90 today, by the way. This is my boss, Jonathan Hart. A self-made millionaire. He's quite a guy. Come on, Mrs. H. This is Mrs. H. Jesus Christ. Oh, my God, every night I'm yeah. 
spanking it to the image of her. I stole a picture on a Polaroid while she was shaving a private. Oh, my God. Oh my God. I just, I can't. Am I going on? Did I go on too far with this? One lady who knows how to take care of herself. <laughs> she takes care of herself. He gets creepy, yeah. She doesn't <laughs> let herself go and everything's just right where it should be and so tight. That was uh, mad. As they oh say, we wet. Max, their handyman. Right? Yeah, he yeah. was handy, all right. Uh, so he is, uh, Robert Wagner is 90 years old today. Uh, Elizabeth a- Banks, we love her. Uh, she's uh, not only a great actress, but turned into quite a director as well. She most recently directed Charlie's Angels, which bombed. Yep. And I don't think it was a case that, uh, just it had been done. Yeah. And, and there was nothing, you know, new to it. It didn't need to be done. It didn't need to be done. Maybe a few more years from now, yeah. Uh, but she's 46 today. Emma Roberts, who's doing nicely for herself, niece of Julia Roberts. Uh, movies like Scream Queen. She was Nancy Drew when she was a little bit younger. She was in American Horror Story 1984. Uh, the season just passed, Preston, which is that homage to the slasher movies and the Camp Crystal Lake and all that stuff. And it was so outlandish what happened to her because she's sort of the, you know, the good girl who gets put upon. But the series is just goes so over the top. But she's really good in it. 29 today, and then the last birthday I saw is Chloe Grace Moretz, uh-huh. uh, who's been in a number of things, including Kick-Ass, which is kind of where we first uh, picked up on her. They've been showing that uh, that girl. and the sequel um, oh, recently, yeah. yeah. yeah, Super violent. She is uh, 23 today, Chloe Grace Moretz. All right, we'll see if uh, somebody has an answer to this question. Um, Morgan Freeman's first Oscar nomination came in 1987. What movie was that for? 215-263-WMMR. I'm going to go to Mike for the answer. Hey, Mike, good morning. Morning. Mike, so what uh, What movie was it that uh, Morgan Freeman was uh, had his first Oscar nomination? It was Street Smart. Yeah, Street Smart. Yeah, I've seen it. Never heard of it. It's with Christopher Reed. Uh, you got it right, Mike. Hang on a second. We are going to give you a pair of movie tickets from Fandango. Everybody loves a trip to the movies. Don't get stuck in line for a sold-out show on Valentine's Day. Reserve your seats with Fandango now and feel the love. Head to Fandango.com slash get tickets. So Morgan Freeman, I, I believe in a place, as I recall, plays like this junkie, you know, and, and so Christopher Reeve ends up, um, he's a reporter and kind of goes undercover into the underworld and gets caught up with Morgan Freeman. But the, okay. the performance is really good. Yeah, that's where I guess he first came to the Academy's attention. Yeah. Well, uh, let's see. Speaking of movies, the box office this weekend, uh, barely making it into number one. Actually, no, it didn't barely make it into number one, but it definitely was underwhelming. Birds of Prey brought in $33 million. They were hoping for at least $50 million. Yeah. Um, I, I, I saw it on Friday night. I enjoyed it. Good. Yeah. I, um, I'm happy to hear that. Actually. I was just trying to like kill some time. My uh, kids were at a Valentine's dance, so I kind of was like, all right, well, let me just go kill some time for a couple of hours. The funniest part is I had to leave, uh, and I so I missed the end of it. I watched, Wait a second. I watched all of it. What? And then I, wa- and then I missed the end. You timed that poorly. Well, I didn't. I, no, I timed it great because I was looking at the start time. Yeah. I looked at the running time, and then I was like, okay. And the part that pissed me off the most, Steve, is that I probably could have stayed and watched the end, but I did. I couldn't be late. You how know many, I mean? How much of the movie did you miss? I probably missed the last 10 minutes. All right. I found out how it ended. You want All me right. to tell you? Yeah. 
<laughs> so, well, now, did you take in... Now, when they say start time, do, do you take into effect the 20 minutes of uh, trailers that they play? I do. Okay. I do. All right. And, but here's the problem. They need to take into account that. They, they need do. To, they need to tell you how long the trailers it's are. It's a bone job. And yeah. they, need, they need to let you know when the actual film starts. I agree. But I usually... I've timed it out. It's... It's right at about twenty minutes of of trailers. You yeah, can usually especially especially when you're leading up to the summer releases. Yeah, yeah. and they yeah. pack them in there. Yep. Well, because so, I saw nineteen seventeen yesterday, and I took into account the trailers. Right, because I had to get my kids to their play rehearsal practices. And so I was going to be late, but I'm like, you know what? With the, with the trailers and all that sort of stuff, I I'll be, I should be okay. And okay, guess what? I timed uh, that out perfectly. All right, well, glad to hear all that. Uh, the question is, yeah. do both movies end the same way? They do not okay. end the same way. Do you want me to tell you how they both end? What I would like to know is, compare Birds of Prey to uh, Suicide Squad. Which did you like better? Uh, well, I think Birds of Suicide Squad was just it was too fantastic. Okay, uh, Birds of Prey was great. Okay, uh, I okay. real I I thought it was a lot of fun. It was funny. Um, and so I, I had, uh, heard a review that said it was just kind of like all over the place, but it works. I agree. All right. All yeah. right. Enough said. Then you have Bad Boys for Life in second, followed by 1917, Doolittle Jumanji, The Next Level, uh, The Gentleman, and Gretel and Hansel. Knives Out, still in the top ten at number eight, followed by Little Women, and the tenth film at the box office was Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker, so still hanging in there. So the Oscars were indeed last night. We'll just touch on some of the winners, and uh, we'll go through audio and so forth, so forth a little bit later on this morning. Absolutely. Uh, but Parasite apparently made history: the first non-English language film that won Best Picture at the Oscars. It also won the BAFTA uh, Best Picture awards, I believe. Didn't it, it? I think nineteen seventeen won Best Picture. Oh, did it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. For the BAFTA, and it won the non-English uh, right uh, uh, film category. But uh, yeah, there was a. There it was a big deal last night. It nabbed four wins in total, including for director Bong Joon-ho, uh, international feature film and original screenplay. So Bong Joon-ho, Preston, I don't know if you ever heard of a film called uh, Snowpiercer. About yeah. This new, so that's his movie. I didn't see it. But right. Really good. Chris Evans. It's like a sci-fi. This train that runs around the world constantly. Yeah, yeah, and each yeah, car yeah. has like, almost like the Warriors, has their own collection of yeah. freaky people in them. Yeah. Uh, and it's really good. He also did another movie that's sort of like a straight-up monster movie called The Host, which is, I love both those movies. So it's good to see him get his um, yeah. his award. Uh, what By the way, what is Parasite about? It's based on a story. So, so these people... I'll explain. Okay, yeah. <laughs> uh, so Parasite is not, it's not like a, like a, a bug or anything, you know, or yeah. a virus or anything like that. Parasite is this family that infiltrates basically another family. As f- There's a rich family and then a poor family, and then the, the rich family needs servants and stuff like that. They hire one, one person. Yeah, they hire one person, and then they slowly sort of take over the entire serving staff. So they fraudulently provide references for the rest of their family to get them in there, and then, and then uh, stuff happens, okay. not to give it away. So, uh, let's see. Another three films earned two honors each. Uh, by the way, 1970 nabbed three when 1917 did for visual effects, cinematography, and sound mixing. Uh, another three films earned two honors each. Uh, Joker won in the acting category for Joaquin Phoenix and also for original score. I watched that because uh, I had a digital download of it. I watched it right up and it ended right at the beginning of the Oscars. Oh, no ceremony. kidding. So, yeah. Oh, you, watched, you finally watched Joker? Yeah. What did you think of Joker? I liked it a lot. Yeah. Uh, it stuck with me. It's uh, yeah. it's pretty it, disturbing. It's unpleasant. Yeah, uh, it, it is. Uh, his performance is amazing, and and, uh, and it's not your typical, um, 
you know, superhero villain film. It's more real world. Uh, it's got a lot more feel to that than most of the Marvel and DC uh, yeah. things that you've seen, I thought. I yeah. felt I felt what I felt, I think, uh, when I walked away from the movie Sandlot. That same sort of in the yeah, video. Yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. Because <laughs> of the dog? Yeah, uh, the fear of that St. Bernard mm-hmm. and, and just in general the fear of society and Joker. You. Yeah. No, it was pretty. It was pretty disturbing, and and there really weren't any other character. It mainly was just all about him. Yeah, That's it. There He's was very little, all the time. very little character development otherwise. Uh, Sony's Once Upon a Time in Hollywood won for Brad Pitt in the supporting actor category and for production design. Uh, and Ford versus Ferrari won for film editing and sound editing. Chris, Chris Rock had a good line in the, in the opening monologue. Did you hear that? Yeah. No, he goes, I, yeah. I had a Ferrari. I had, oh, yeah. a, I had a Ford. And a Ferrari. Uh, it ain't even close. <laughs> um, so real quick, uh, somebody, when they were accepting an award on behalf of that movie, basically said that this is the last picture that 20th Century Fox is ever going to put out. What, well, uh, un- under the name, they're, they're, they're dropping the name Fox. Okay. So it's, it's just, just going to be called 20th Century from okay. here on out. Yeah. Uh, so I guess, yeah. In, in that regard, that's probably what they meant. Uh, Renee Zellweger claimed Best Actress win for Judy. Uh, so huge, huge year for her. Absolutely. And did you see the movie? I did not. She's she's. And I'm a huge Judy Garland fan, and um, she she does. You saw right? I did. She, did, I she, it a lot. she did a great job, and she actually sang. Yeah, uh, which is sort of a ballsy move because again, you're dealing with a very identifiable voice, right? And uh, she she did well enough to make it work. I'm happy for her because she kind of went away, and she yeah, but she has, couldn't see where she was going. I know, but she has uh, she came back with this, and it just you know what a what a way to like put your name back out. Well, yeah, she did as well as you can possibly do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They say that they are going to pair them up for the next Joker movie, Joker and Judy, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> it will be. Uh, I like it. Uh, Laura Dern earned a win for Netflix's Marriage Story in the supporting ding, dirty, act- ding, 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 dirty, ding. supporting actress category. It's also her birthday today. And uh, Taika Watiti uh, claimed the adapted screenplay honor for Searchlight's Jojo Rabbit. Big night for him. Uh, and Pixar's Toy Story Four got the animated feature prize, and Paramount's Rocket Man won for original song. So there you are, the 2020 uh, Oscars, and we'll uh, we'll recap uh, with some of the audio a little bit later on. Now, Marissa gave me this thing uh, in the in memoriam segment. Of course, they always miss a couple. Yes, and uh, so. People have pointed this out, so I've got the story on that. Uh, they paid tribute to Kobe Bryant. He actually was an Oscar winner. Yes. Uh, and multiple nominee Kirk Douglas, but social media was quick to point out the notable names that did not make the montage. Uh, surprisingly, they didn't include Luke Perry. How do they forget? Really? Like, how do you forget people? That's a big one. Honestly, it's a t- that's a... T- how he was, in, how a, do you, yeah. he was in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yes. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. He was I in one of the nominated films. Is that okay? If any names were missed, it's because they did not matter. Thank you so much. Yeah. Well, that's what I mean. Is that, is that, I mean, is that on purpose? Or they did they actually forget Luke they, Perry? They forget. They, they, or they, somebody, they do it all the time. So... It's, you can't even make the case that he couldn't even fit in Luke Perry yeah. because they're they you know they, it went on for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know they had Billie Eilish singing uh, you know uh, yesterday yesterday in the background. How was this song. by the way? Because I missed that whole part. Uh, it's, it's in her style. You know her, her slow laconic. Sort okay, of, so it yeah. sucks. Yesterday, <laughs> oh my <laughs> <laughs> There's not much of a level yeah. to her voice. Yeah. Um, so they also skipped, uh, Sid Haig. 
Now, he's a little nichey, you know, definitely. Yes. Um, and Cameron Boyce says actor who was tragically killed in July oh. at the age of 20. Well, he wasn't him. killed. He died in his sleep, essentially, right? He yeah, yeah. Oh, from, from, um, yeah, from the Descendants. Descendants. Yeah. You, your daughter liked him, Preston? You Wait a minute. Which one from... Oh, yes. yeah, 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 yeah. 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 That's yeah. sad. Absolutely. Uh, was he... All right, so not to get nitpicky, but... Was he in any actual Was he ever films? in a film? Right. I know and The Descendants was a movie on... He was. Yes, he was in some movies. Grown Ups yes, 2, guys. Yes, okay. there you go. Yeah, well, there you which, go. For which he was nominated. Uh, no, I don't think he was, was nominated Was he nominated for, for Also missing was uh, Orson Bean, the film, television, and stage actor, writer, comedian who died in a car accident Friday. Yeah. He was 91 years old. Uh, so those are the few of them that they miss now. And Robert, uh, well, Robert Conrad as well, Preston also died over the weekend. Yes, but that was, yeah, they, they, yeah. they should have put him in there as well. You're right. I'm, I'm Maybe somebody should just come running out on stage. <laughs> and Robert Conrad and Orson B. Uh, so they did have lengthy online in memoriam section of the Academy's website where Perry, Haig, and Boyce, uh, all did, uh, all were featured in those. So Jeez. can I, can I just hear a little bit of Billie Eilish? Uh, yeah, sure. All right. yeah, yeah. God, I didn't even hear it, and I was spot on with my yeah, yeah. impression there. All my troubles seem so far away. Now it looks as though they're here to stay. Oh, I believe. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Some people actually passed away. Yeah. Uh, so we'll uh, we'll play back uh, acceptance speeches and the clips. Of the, from, are, they actually had a little monologue, yeah. which, was, uh, which they have not done in the past couple of years. So we'll get to that a little bit later on. I have some other entertainment stories Please. to pass along to you. Uh, during an interview with Hoda and Jenny on Friday, Oprah Winfrey revealed that her best friend, Gail King... Uh, wasn't doing well in the aftermath of her controversial interview with uh, Lisa Leslie. During the interview, King had brought up Kobe Bryant's 2003 sexual assault case. When asked how King was doing, Oprah replied, she's not doing well. She has now death threats and has now to uh, and has to now travel with security, and she's feeling very much attacked. Really? She said, you know, Bill Cosby is tweeting from jail. Uh, she was put in a really terrible position because that interview had already ran, and in the context of the interview, everyone seemed fine, including Lisa Leslie, and it was only because somebody at the network put up that clip, and I can see how people would obviously be very upset if you thought that Gail was just trying to press to get an answer from Lisa Leslie. Obviously, all things pass, and she'll be okay. Meanwhile, after being warned by uh, Barack Obama's former national security advisor, Susan Rice, to back the F off of Gail King. Snoop Dogg took to Instagram to address his comments towards Gail King. Last week, after the clip from Gail's interview with Lisa Leslie hit social media, Snoop, who was really close with Kobe Bryant, called her a, quote, funky dog-haired bitch <laughs> and said, God. respect the family and back off, bitch, before we come get you. Now, Rice responded by tweeting... This is despicable. Gail King is one of the most principled, fair, and tough journalists alive. Snoop, back the F off. <laughs> you come for Gail King, you come against an army, you will lose, and it won't be pretty. Damn. Yeah. Wow. So now Snoop said in, about the video, so he made, a, he made a, um, a statement about this. He said, I'm a nonviolent person. Yeah. Uh, 
When I said what I said, I spoke for the people who felt like Gail was very disrespectful towards Kobe Bryant and his family. Now, with that being said, what I look like wanted some harm to come to a 70-year-old woman. I was raised way better than that. I don't want no harm to come to her, and I didn't threaten her. All I did say, uh, all I did was say, check it out. You ought to pocket, uh, you, you, huh? you out of pocket for what you doing, and we watching you. Uh, have a bit more respect for Vanessa, her babies, and Kobe Bryant's legacy. Didn't he say they were coming for? You did say that. Yeah, something yeah that's like a threat. That. Yeah, exactly. That's a threat. Uh, he's, lying. he's lying. He's saying, like, we're coming for you. We take you out for some ice yeah, cream. Yeah, you, you want to go out? <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll go see 1917. Uh, he added, uh, we speak from the heart. Some of you that have no heart don't understand Snoop, that. you be lying. So, yeah, you exactly. be lying. You be tripping and bugging. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's the comment on that. Harvey Weinstein, we get, didn't get a chance to talk about old Harv. His defense team called an experimental cognitive psychologist to the stand. Elizabeth, oh, boy. Elizabeth Loftus, the uh, second defense witness, testified about the unreliability of memories. Uh, she said it doesn't take a Ph.D. to know that memory fades over time. Stress and fear can also impair, mem- impair memory, she said. Uh, she added that medications like Valium can impact memories further. Manhattan District, uh, Assistant District Attorney uh, Joanne Iluzzi uh, then accused the doctor of customizing her testimony, referencing the testimony of Annabella Sciorra, one of the uh, witness accusers, uh, Weinstein accusers, who testified that Weinstein sent her a care package with Valium, knowing that she was dependent on it for a time in the 1990s. Uh, in an interview with the New York Times published Friday, one of Weinstein's lawyers, uh, Donna Rotuno, responded to a question about whether she'd ever been assaulted, saying, I have not. I have not because I would never put myself in that position. I've always made choices from college age on where I never drank too much, never went home with someone I didn't know. I just put myself uh, I just never put myself in any vulnerable circumstances. Never. Now, in court, Lucy complained that they were completely in contradiction of the gag order. Uh, Rotuno said, though, that the interview had happened before the trial began. Uh, it's winding down, by the way. Oh, pro- thank God. Prosecution resting its case Thursday after calling six accusers to the stand. Uh, so Weinstein now faces life behind bars if convicted. So I, I don't know when they start going into deliberations. I mean, you got to report on it, but it's like a lead weight. You oh, know, yeah. It's just horrible. They yeah. are uh, supposed to wrap up their case, President, this week. So then it'll go into deliberations after this. Okay. Uh, and then they have a buffet lunch. Oh, but yeah, it's hope so. Yeah, it's for sitting through nice, everyone. Thanks so much for participating, everyone. There's rolls by the door. Uh, Pamela Anderson has too much heart for her own good. That's what I've always thought. The Baywatch alum turned activist married a Stars Born producer, John Peters, because she had just returned from a month-long spiritual cleanse in India, and her heart was open, but in hindsight, too open, a source tells Page Six. So if you get a cleanse, sometimes your heart can be so open you'll involuntarily marry people? Yeah, that's uh, what they're saying. The pair had dated briefly 30 years ago, but the 52-year-old Anderson only spent three days with 74-year-old Peters before they bit the bullet and married. Almost immediately, she regretted it, the insider says. Will you marry me? Okay. The insider said, Pamela does not operate on the same wavelength as other people. Now, you know how uh, she she reveres the institution of marriage, like the four times she married Kid Rock. Uh, she the, This source says she has a huge heart and she loves big, fast, and hard. She loves <laughs> okay. big, fast, and hard. That's yeah. a hip-hop act. She's got a uh, huge, gaping heart. <laughs> yeah. She came, big, hairy heart. Uh, she... <laughs> 
She came back from her trip, and John said to her, I love you, let's get married. So she said, okay. Who are you? So what went wrong? Well, she found out uh, that Peters is uh, overbearing and obsessed with fame. Uh, the insider said Pamela felt that he was frustrated over how she wanted to maintain her financial independence. He started to make calls about her career and cast her in a movie okay. he was working on, things she didn't want. Man, she was supposed to play Eleanor Roosevelt. Uh, they did not finalize their paperwork. <laughs> So they were able to just walk away. It would have been her fifth marriage, by the way. She's in her 50s, right? Yeah, 52. Yeah, so I'm scrolling through her Instagram account. I, I can't find any photo that's uh, at all recent. They're, they're all throwback photos. Yeah, they look like old uh, naked. Which uh, is fine. Do you have any pictures from her appearance at the Rite Aid up here on City Line Avenue? Oh, my God, remember that? Yes. What was she right. pushing? Like she a, her fragrance. Yeah. Her perfume. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what, that, that, what was that called? I'm selling perfume at Rite Aid was the name of the cologne. I, I don't remember. Did, was did it have a like passion fruit or yeah. something like that? Passion fruit? Uh, something like gaping that. Gaping heart. Gaping I don't know. Heart. The gaping, gaping, gaping heart. hairy heart. <laughs> Nick's looking it up. Pamela Anderson. Uh, fragrance. Scent. Fragrance. Whatever you want to call it. I, yeah, I'm curious. Check Agent Orange is probably under that. Malibu Day. It was something like Malibu Day or something like that. Are you not, joking? Not, not passion fruit. <laughs> okay. All right. Anyhow, it's uh, yes, That's Malibu. Still available at uh, your local camera. I like to smell good. Yeah. Malibu day. So Jenna Dewan is moving on. Following her divorce from Channing Tatum, she had uh, filed to legally restore her name to Jenna Lee Dewan, excising Tatum's last name because she had, you know, taken that professionally as well. Yes. Uh, the news comes after Tatum and Dewan officially reached a custody agreement regarding their six-year-old daughter, Everly. Uh, the pair are sharing legal custody. Dewan is currently expecting her second child with Steve Casey. So she is dropping the Tatum part. So are you DVRing the uh, flirty dancing press? I know oh, my God. You're very intrigued by the concept. Yeah, I want to binge it. I want flirty a, dancing. I want it all together at the same time. And Imagine if your first geez. date was just a dance and you never actually spoke. You, could have, you know what that is? That's flirty dancing. That is what it is. It is flirty dancing. <laughs> God, that sounds ridiculous. <laughs> uh, as Steve mentioned earlier, actor Robert Conrad, Conrad passed away. Uh, star of the Wild Wild West. The Academy uh, issued a statement, Preston, saying that uh, he is inconsequential. He is inconsequential. <laughs> no, yeah, I was a huge Wild Wild West fan. Oh, uh, man, it was my sister's favorite television God, show. So what it basically was, it came about when the James Bond craze started to kick off, and so they made James Bond in the Wild West. He yep. had gadgets. He traveled in his own train with Artemis Gordon, who was the uh, s- scientist and the guy who did all the uh, disguises, and uh, they were working for President Grant. Yeah, they were the first Secret Service yeah, agents. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it was great. I loved it. Robert Comrade was 84 years old. He was born in Chicago, worked as a milkman while pursuing a career as a local nightclub singer before he moved to Los Angeles in 1958. Would you like some milk? We have skim in half and half. (laughs) And then he got a recurring role on a show called Hawaiian Eye in 1959. Yeah. Went on to star as Secret Service agent James T. West in the Wild Wild West, which ran from 1965 to 1969. He did... All his own stunts, mm-hmm. and he wore the tightest pants. Legendary. In fact, they make reference to it in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Oh, do they? Yeah, Al, uh, Al Pacino makes a reference to uh, Robert Conrad's tight pants. Oh, that's great. Uh, yeah, it's uh, and but uh, I loved it, man. They, they used to have really huge fights. Uh, he starred in other television shows, including The DA, Assignment Vienna, Continental. And my favorite was Baba Black Sheep that he was in. Let's get these turkeys in the air. Yeah, they flew these uh, Corsair uh, 
fighter planes that were awesome. So, uh, and of course, you have the famous battery. Knock this battery off my shoulder. Yeah, the, I that was, was that Rayovac or I don't remember, or was it Duracell? Uh, Maybe ever ready one, yeah, one yeah. of those. But anyhow, yeah, you'd put a D cell battery on his shoulder and say, "Knock this battery off my shoulder." Why? I dare you? Because that was kind of like. Um, it's almost like uh, drawing a line in the sand yeah. and saying, step over that line. Okay. Dare and and it was... Uh, for it the was makers just, of Malibu Day. It was just to show how badass the battery was. Because he was considered a tough guy. Yeah, he was. And, and in fact, had a history of getting into fights with... Um, he, he wasn't like an alcoholic or anything, but he would he would throw down. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he, his last appearance was in a 2002 movie called Dead Above Ground. Uh, he recorded music under the name Bob Conrad in the 1950s he, and 1960s. He, he was a singer? I yeah. thought it was a dancer. Oh. <laughs> no, she was a dancer. No, she, she was, was a dancer. dancer. Jinx, oh, oh, my God! God. <laughs> I cannot imagine Robert Conrad singing. Uh, listen to this, Steve. I love this quote. And yeah. uh, He told People Magazine in 1988, there are three cycles in showbiz. He said, they don't know you, then they love you, and then you've been around so long they hate you. <laughs> <laughs> he said, and now I'm having to start all over again. So he, you know, he's saying that he went through that. They have no idea who you are, and then all of a sudden, hey, everybody loves you. And after that, like, shut up already. Yeah, it was an interesting sort of a in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood uh, when Al Pacino comes into <clears throat> the um, the film to sort of explain to Leo what's happening to his career, his career, yeah, where he stands. It's yeah. very accurate. Yeah, yeah. He gives, he gives sort of an assessment of where he is in the pecking order now. Yeah, and it's it's a big wake up call. Yeah, exactly. Uh, In but, fact, that Casey, that career is very similar. If you stop and think about it, he goes up and does spaghetti westerns. He goes up and does movies like that. That's what where Clint Eastwood was. That's what I because Clint Eastwood had done cowboy, uh, you know, a, a, a cowboy series, and yeah. and he was there. Then he went over and did those Sergio Leone movies. But then, of course, there was a rebirth to his career that was huge. Sure. Uh, a recipient of the Distinguished Service Award in Broadcasting and an inductee of the Stuntman's Hall of Fame. Conrad was a longtime supporter of amateur boxing, the Wounded Warriors Project, Paralyzed Veterans of America, the United States Marine Corps, and the Jimmy Huega Endowment, which provides support to those affected with multiple sclerosis. So, just never had time for turkeys. Sad <laughs> news for him. Also, uh, somebody else passed away, actor Kevin Conaway. Ah, uh, yeah, you know him. Yeah, he was a big-time character actor. He was 77 years old, best known for the 1993 film Gettysburg. Also in 13 Days, he plays General LeMay in that. He's also um, in Invincible. He was in Invincible. He plays his dad. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if you Aww. remember. And Casey, I know you like the movie Funny Farm. With, yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't actually know it all that oh, okay. well. Oh, yeah, he, yeah. Played, the, he played the mailman. The mailman. The crazy oh, mailman. Yeah. Yeah. Who, yeah. Killed, okay. who would just oh. throw the mail out the, yeah. out the, <laughs> the, the door when yeah, he would yeah. drive by. Yeah. Uh, his big break came in 1972 when he starred in Slaughterhouse-Five as Roland Weary. Went on to star in a number of films and television series, including his role as Seamus O'Reilly in HBO's Oz. Uh, since news of his death, a number of fans and celebrities have paid tribute to the late actor. He had apparently had a heart attack. Uh, so that was sad news. I always liked him. He's so a was, real uh, jerk in 13 Days. Like he's, he's the guy that's trying to shut down the Kennedys. And yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. a great actor. He was a great actor. It's yeah. too bad. Did he make the uh, crawl uh, at the Oscars in memorial? Maybe it wasn't in time. You know what? I don't know. Really it's sure. a good lesson if you're an actor. Try to die at least a week out from yeah. the Academy yeah, Awards. Exactly. Have some courtesy. For yeah. And, and then one last thing. Uh, Kirk Douglas was laid to rest on Friday after dying at the age of 103. His wife of 65 years, Anne Boydens, at, led the mourners at the Pierce Brothers Westwood Village Memorial Park and Mortuary in Los Angeles. Uh, the three surviving sons, Michael Douglas, Peter, and Joel. 
uh, were in attendance, along with Michael's wife, Catherine Zeta-Jones, uh, director Steven Spielberg, and his grandson, Cameron Douglas, also joined the crowd of uh, mourners. Yes. Uh, they, they kept it sort of small, right? Yeah. Uh, there yeah. was not... Uh... I believe so. A big show. Reading. How old was his wife? I mean, if they were married for 65 years. It's a good question. 150? Uh, she was 150 <laughs> years old. Yeah. Nobody has even mentioned <clears throat> no, that. No, that, that That's how big of a star he was, <laughs> that his wife was the oldest woman to yeah. ever walk the, the face of the earth, and they haven't even touched that in the news. She's actually just like vapor. Wow. <laughs> She's, uh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, uh, we're ready for clips, so let's do this. Season two of Manifest continues to challenge its actors through the show's dramatic storytelling and character depth. In this clip, Luna Blaze discusses how she mentally prepares when playing her character in the show. Here's the clip. I take acting classes as much as I possibly can, but I try and just take from personal experience. I'm very fortunate I've not had sad experiences in my life, but I try and just go with the flow. You sound insane. A new episode of Manifest airs tonight, 10 o'clock on NBC. Imagine being yeah. able to say, I haven't had sadness in my life yeah. at all. Yeah. So I'm a working actress, so I thought a good thing to do would be to learn how to act. Like, I honestly, you know, people who are, like, classically trained, I wonder if they hear that and they go, what? what the <laughs> just want to die yeah. as they're busting tables at Applebee's. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm just, I'm pretty, and I graduated <laughs> high school, and I thought, I want to try acting. You know, I'm on a show called Man I Fest. <laughs> Manifest. Ah, oh. whatever. Yeah, I have a master's. Yeah. in uh, theater and acting and, and drama from Yale, and I'm making coffee for a living for her. For her, it's like the scene out of Pee Wee's yeah. Big Adventure. The, yeah. the woman playing the nun. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yes. <laughs> All right, next clip. Here we go. By the way, that's Charlie Day's mom in uh, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Yes. Uh-huh. The in nun. that scene in uh, Pee-wee's Big Adventure? I think so. Yes. yes. Miss Yvonne. M- M- Miss Yvonne. Uh, after suffering a heart attack, a successful businessman falls in love with his nurse, a Nigerian immigrant in Bob Hart's Abishola. In this clip, Billy Gardell explains the positive message that this show brings to the audience. Here we go. It's a good example of kindness and heart and uh, and learning and being open-minded to each other and, and learning about each other and finding that we all want the same things. We want love. We want families. We want jobs. We want good lives for our children. And I think uh, I think this show provides that message. So we're excited about it. Bob Hart's Abishola airs tonight. <laughs> At 8.30 on CBS. Yeah, I love Billy Gardell. He's super yeah. nice guy. All right, and there you go. That's what I have in the entertainment report. So, yeah, we'll run down some of the specifics of the uh, Academy Awards, which were last night. Is there Sunlight! S- we have sun? Yeah! I find that hard to believe. There's that tarps, like, half down. I know. You know what? The, slowly, Steve, you notice the tarps are slowly, <laughs> yeah. I don't by think... accident, yes. coming off our windows. They're rotting off the windows. <laughs> we can. We can, We are starting to see the outside world, and that's a beautiful Unfortunately, thing. Unfortunately, it's raining and cloudy out there. No, no, no. There's a sunrise. You no, see a sun? There's a sliver of sun over there, but unfortunately, we do have clouds and and rain expected for the day. All right, we're going to take a break. Rob McElhenney will be joining us a little later this morning. Got a chance to win some money and more. We'll be back in a sec. Stay with us. What's new? Glad you asked. Weezer. Fozzie. Dirty 
Dirty Honey. New music, more of everything that rocks. On 93.3 WMMR. Hey, I want to do a uh, shout-out real quick. I got an email from uh, a gal named Megan, and she said uh, she tells us a little story. All right. Uh, and I'll, I'll read this quickly. It says, uh, six years ago, I was at the end of my pregnancy with my beautiful daughter and had the worst case of baby brain. I forgot everything that wasn't a part of my routine. I would uh, throw my cell phone away, feed the dog twice, leave my purse in the fridge after grocery shopping, forget the names of my patients, cry over a good hamburger and a million other little things that I can't remember so many years later. So when I was told on a Thursday in early February that I would be scheduled for a C-section the next Tuesday, I decided to give my brain a break and take off work and then for my maternity leave, which meant breaking my routine and not listening to the radio in the morning. I was 100% ready for this baby to come, except we hadn't decided on a name. So me and my now ex-husband sat down with a list of 500 names from the Social Security website and narrowed it down to three that we could agree on, then spent the weekend deciding. Finally, we settled on Casey. Ah, Casey with a K. Uh, Son of a bitch. I thought Casey, that name is so familiar, (laughs) and for some reason... Has some good memories, but my baby brain couldn't remember details, so I let it go because it made me so happy. Uh, so February 11th comes, and so does my beautiful baby girl. Uh, days home with her, I kind of forgot my routine, and I didn't get up and turn the radio on. But sadly, eventually, maternity leave was over, and it was time to go back to work and back to my routine. I get in the car, I turn on Preston and Steve, and I start driving to work. I can't remember what you were talking about at the time, but it was a day that Casey had a lot to say. We know those days. <laughs> and I cried and laughed my whole way to work because it hit me. That's because that because of my pregnancy brain, I named my kid after Casey Boy from Preston and Steve. And not because it was a bad thing, but because it finally hit me why that name was so familiar. How about that, Case? Hey, hey. You it's guys, just not spelled the I same hope way. she doesn't regret it. It yeah. says, you guys have a Casey boy, I have a Casey girl. Can I, have a, I have a Casey girl. Uh, can I have a shout out for Miss Casey girl for her birthday and for Chris, my brother-in-law, who just welcomed his own beautiful baby girl into the world. Prestonia. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what a little sweetie. Yeah. Uh, love the show. Uh, thank you for all the laughs and helping name my child. Hey, that's amazing. Isn't that cool? I that's wonder if great. we've inspired the uh, the names of some kids throughout the uh, Delaware Valley. I'm sure we have, right? Yeah. I know oh, pets. I've, I've definitely heard of, yeah. of Preston being used because they heard the name here. Not necessarily they want to pat the child to pat in their Listen, life after me. but My name is so exotic. Uh, by the way, that was from Megan Loge. Loge. Uh, is the Loge. L-O-G-U-E. I assume that's how you pronounce your last name or maybe it's Logue. I don't know. But anyway, I thought that was a nice email. That is very cool. Now that leads right into this story that I saw. Uh, this is a, uh, it's it, the, the article leads off with the story of a woman named uh, Ali, uh, Ayla Kramer. Um, and she's a mother of four. The 28 year old gave birth to her son, Weston ah. at uh, Mercy Hospital on January 2nd. She said, Weston was my biggest, my biggest baby, coming in at seven pounds. I'm a baby and there's doo-doo in my diaper. Uh, Two ounces and 20 inches. But for the first time, and I was not familiar with this, Kramer opted to use nitrous oxide during the delivery. Like whippets? Yeah, well, the, wow. uh, or what you use at the uh, at the the dentist's office as well. Laughing gas, as some people call you it. You can do that? 
Uh, I guess it's starting to happen. She said, I could still feel everything, but it made me focus and get through the portion of I can't do this and just made me focus more on breathing. Uh, a patient uses a mask to breathe in the nitrous oxide during a contraction. Ah. And once she feels relief, she can remove the mask from her face. It's 50% nitrous oxide and 50% oxygen, meaning it's less potent during labor than it is in the dentist's office. Because the dentist's office, they can take you to where you're almost out. Yeah. Have you ever used it? You've used it, yes? Oh, I love using it. Okay, so what's it like when you use it? It's awesome. Yeah, is it? Yeah. It's, uh, you, you Are you laughing? Pain. No, you don't okay. get... Well, I mean, I have gotten giggly before, but um, it's you're, just... You're, you're high. It's full on as relaxed as you can possibly get. And yeah, you're a little loopy. <laughs> uh, you know, like uh, you would... Slur, I'm on the radio. Probably slur your words a little bit. And uh, and definitely your voice goes down like Does that. Does it really? When you, uh, when you breathe that in too. I yeah. have a lollipop. <laughs> Uh, so it's less potent than the dentist's office, but it says that the goal is to revive, relieve the pain, not knock a patient out. Huh. Uh, but they have seen an increase in requests among patients at some hospitals. I had no idea that was even an option in childbirth. So at a certain point, I understand that you can't get, um, pain relief when you've gone past a point of no return, right? You You're talking about the epidural? Epidural, right. Yeah, there's, there is a, there's a point of no return with the epidural, from what so I understand. would this be an answer to that? Maybe. But the epidural pretty much it, it deadens you this. from the waist yeah, I can't down. imagine this is helping all that much. I mean, this, he was saying that this is just for the contractions. Is this, it's not during the actual birthing process, right? Or well, the contractions, contractions during birth, right? Or, or the... Uh, no, there's after, there, there comes a part where it's time to push and yeah. contractions are over and it's just time to, to go. That's the actual delivery part. I gotcha. There's, All right. there's labor and then there's delivery. I didn't know this stuff either until we went in there and got it done. But And the labor part, like my wife's labor lasted... She's like twelve hours with Holy her first with Parker. Yeah, it was crazy. But the was, third one, she just kind of held her nose and went. And she sneezed. Shot across the room. Yeah. <laughs> that's it, Preston. We're like, we trying to get water out of your ear, kind of like that. Yeah, and the baby comes out. <laughs> except, except you're using the palm of your hand on your vagina. Yeah, yeah. but the contractions. Yeah, they 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 give them to you when that happens to Steve. It's wild because there's a there's a monitor that you can watch where, uh, you know, it's like a graph that shows yeah. when these things are about to happen, and you'll see it. And then, boom, she starts breathing heavy, and the oh, pain wow. sets in, and it's like, whoa. I have a nuts. few regrets in my life, um, and uh, I won't go into all of them right now, but uh, one of them certainly is uh, doing nitrous recreationally. Uh, like when you, at a concert in you know late teens, early yeah. 20s, uh, you would sell balloons uh, off in the Man Music Center. You could get a balloon for five bucks, refills for a dollar. Uh, and it was a quick way to get high, and I, I could feel my brain cells dying as I did it. It was it was just stupid. Did you? Have, is there an after effect to it? So, no. so you've done it. No, no. it's no. like immediate, and then that's it. And, and, then, it goes, and then it's over. It yeah. goes away very quickly. It disappears. So, Steve, like if you're birth, dr- right? Very quick and <laughs> yeah. no pain. But if you're drunk, it lingers. You know, or if you're high on marijuana, right. it's going to stick around for a while. When you're when you're high on nitrous, it's a quick high. Uh, it's fun while it lasts, and then it's over. But it just automatically kills brain cells. Steve, I got headaches from it after. Like, so if you're talking about like lasting effects, yes. you could do it. The the, the high last. 30 seconds but then um uh for me personally i would get like a splitting headache from it so i had to stop at a certain point so uh july 3rd 2000 was the last time i tried it um fish show fish show and i did it before the show and you could hear it around the parking lot oh oh, yeah you'd hear the tanks (laughs) and and then uh sometimes the cops would show up and you'd hear people scatter and the tanks would go into the cars yeah yeah yeah, like loud loud tanks my friend ended up with a tank for free because oh, at, at an Eagles game, it was ridiculous because 
Cops came. Somebody threw the tank under a car. My friend saw that happen. He went and grabbed that tank under the car and then brought it to their tailgate. I mean, it was ridiculous. Yeah. But um, uh, here's the one thing. If you are going to do it like that, right? Uh, sit down. Sit down because oh, yeah. I, I've seen people so many people collapse. Collapse. Oh, yeah, I, but... I've watched faces go straight in the parking yep. blocks. Yeah. Um, chipped teeth. The uh, people getting knocked out. I watched a guy pass out uh, on his, onto his back. Throw up into his own mouth, oh, essentially. Oh, yeah, here. it was. Uh, yeah, and his friends That's left so him. Fun. His friends left him. <laughs> yeah. That was at the man, Nick. Is it still <laughs> prevalent at fish shows? Yeah, um, you were seeing Paul Anka, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, you're older. The band's older. A lot of listeners are uh, of the band are older at this point. So I don't know if people are still doing nitrous at, at concerts. Still, I, Nick, I it's just, more blue emu at this. I point. guess. Yeah. yeah. It's just that it's so loud you can hear it. Right. You know? So mm. interesting. Uh, so apparently that is an option now if you are interested. I'm sorry I got distracted. I saw a text over here. This is completely not about nitrous oxide. This just in? Well, no. It says, can I get a shout out to my sister Colleen Conway uh, Grogan of Phoenixville who won an Oscar last night. What? Is her real name Laura Dern? Uh, right, exactly. Well, listen, there's a lot of there's yeah. a lot of categories. Yeah, so yeah. dirty she's dern, ding, ding, dirty dern, somewhere or another. So <laughs> Nick is gonna look her up and find out why she may have uh, won an Oscar last night. Well, if that's the case, congratulations. Well, we know some Oscar winners, I assume. You assume? Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Michael Giacchino. Michael Giacchino. Yeah, yes, we're, we're of course. See, I knew it. Actually, friends with an Oscar. Yeah, yeah. All right, sorry. I didn't mean to get distracted by that, Please. but I did. Learning to skateboard in a war zone if you're a girl. Oh, that was a short documentary. And she was a producer on that. Oh, hey. So, Congratulations. Uh, out of Phoenixville. Yeah. That's huge. All right, we are. by the way, we are going to recap uh, the Oscars with uh, audio clips and all that stuff in uh, just a little while. A uh, lot of celebrating in Hollywood last night, and there was something to celebrate in Steamboat in uh, Colorado. Apparently, Steamboat Fireworks set a new record when it launched the world's largest firework Saturday night. This is pretty wild. It is massive. Yeah. yeah. The shell, 62-inch, 2,797-pound firework. Whoa. Casey, it's like the size of a Mini Cooper. It's huge. All right, and so and they, it went it, up very far, as you would imagine. All right, so this thing weighs almost 3,000 pounds. And they launched and it they launched a mile it. into the sky. Wow. Yeah, so uh, it exploded nearly a mile above Steamboat Springs to conclude the night extravaganza on Howlson Hill, the main event of the Steamboat Springs Winter Carnival. Killed 3,000 people. Yeah, yeah. No, it was uh, actually, it was detonated safely, but uh, yeah, it was massive. I wonder what the the blast, the you know, the impact blast was from that. I mean, how far away you could feel that. Yeah. Uh, Tim Borden with Steamboat Spring Fireworks, or Steamboat Fireworks, who served as the project manager, dedicated the successful launch to the city of Steamboat Springs and the local public safety organizations. He said, we had to work closely with these people to ensure that our firework posed absolutely no danger to people, wildlife, or structures in the area. Person is the city formerly known as Steamboat Springs. <laughs> um, so could, I, I assume avalanches, they took all everything into consideration? No, no there are hundreds of avalanches. <laughs> hundreds of avalanches, yeah. uh, loads of dead birds, yeah. and uh, fires sprung up all over the place. A representative for the Guinness Book of World Records was in attendance to verify the record-breaking explosion. He was and- looking the wrong way, though. And presented steamboat fireworks you with an official certification. I hear it. <laughs> I heard it. I, I just couldn't see it. Dummy, you're looking the wrong way. Though, uh, so we're looking at, it looked, it almost looks like the original 
atomic bomb. Uh, yeah, the, yeah, the shell. Yeah, 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 yeah. it's huge. Wow. Yeah. Um, I mean, listen, they they need to uh, step up the fireworks game. If you, it, I mean, have you seen like the drone stuff that they're doing these days? It's amazing. Yeah, what they can do with the moving images with the the drones that light up in the sky. There's one that I saw that looked like an actual. Like a giant walking done with drones. It was amazing. Like a giant walking? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. Yeah, they're doing some really, really crazy, awesome things with drones. And they do this great thing where they set a whole bunch of seagulls on fire. <laughs> it's beautiful. <laughs> Have you seen that, Preston? No, and they're flying. They're while flying, they're doing yeah. yeah. They create all these crazy patterns as if they were like, uh, I don't know, on fire. They can only do it once, yeah. <laughs> like in Looney Tunes. Oh, yeah, you go through a lot of seagulls. Yeah. Uh, the previous record holder for the world's largest firework was a 2,397-pound ordinance that exploded over the United Arab Emirates on December 31st, 2018. So this beats that. Yeah. Uh, and the Steamboat's fireworks success comes after a similar attempt in 2019, but that failed. I don't know what failed means. Yeah, there's a cemetery that can provide all the oh, information. Okay. <laughs> yes, with all, all the, the all plaques the and information is available at a local cemetery. But it's unbelievable that they can launch uh, something that big, that high for you know just a firework display. I know it's yeah. pretty incredible. So, so the screen is up uh, here, Preston, of the uh, of the walking giant. Yeah, that's pretty amazing. Where, I love where all that. Was stuff. that? I, you know, I forget. But it's just—I love what they're doing. Also, with the mist effects, with the uh, yeah. um, you know, like they had the the, the ghost Water. ship here on the Delaware. Yeah. Well, they yeah. have a really, really cool thing. It's at Hollywood Studios in um, what's it called? That Fantasmic or something like uh, that? No, I think that is it. Is I think it's it is? Fantasmic. Yeah, I saw that. It's really—I mean, because it's like uh, mist, light, and fireworks, like all in one. It's yeah. really, really. Oh, cool. I like that. Pretty yeah. amazing. So the world's largest firework was detonated, and this was it uh, in Steamboat. What's the most impressive fireworks display you've ever seen? Most impressive. They're always impressive, man. Like, every one I go to, even the smaller ones, I'm like, that was pretty awesome. Uh, I don't know. I couldn't okay. tell you. How about you? Uh, the Macy's yeah. uh, over the uh, over the river in Manhattan. Yeah, I'm I sure. love the ballpark one. You know, the Phillies yeah. put on a great display every year, and they do it away from the 4th of July usually. So, because uh, the Phil- um, Philadelphia will have theirs uh, at the art museum, right? And then one over the river. I over the, the river, if you just, any any chance you can get to see those fireworks yeah. over the river, and I always go to the Marshall because yeah, it's sure. a perfect vantage point. It's right there. Uh, it, it, yeah, you're right, Preston. It, it, you have to go a long way to put on a sucky fireworks. Display. I've seen the art museum. I've seen over the river. Yeah. I've seen down uh, plenty of them down the shore. The best one still to this day that I've ever seen is right in Conchahawk, and they do it every year for 4th yeah. of July. It's so good. Okay. They do such a great job with it. I saw I'm uh, Rachel, who the calendar girl Rachel, she's yeah. doing radio in, what, Kansas? Mm-hmm. Not anymore. Oh, really? She quit? Yeah, she quit. Oh, good for her. Well, anyway. <laughs> Different um, story for another time. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> She put up uh, video footage of their fireworks display on the 4th of July yeah. this past year. And it's like, you know, smallish town in Kansas. It was amazing. And I thought better than anything I've ever seen around okay. here. Yeah. Uh, speaking of big, uh, Bill Gates has ordered the world's first hydrogen-powered super yacht worth an estimated $644 million. <laughs> Have you Jesus. seen this thing? I, it, I think it's like 18 wild. feet long. It's got like a like a little por- toilet you can pull out from underneath the seat. Yeah, right? you've seen it. You see, it's it. got a thing to hold your fishing rod. No, it is. Uh, it's amazing. It features an infinity pool, a helipad, a spa, and a gym. And that's on the first floor. It's got this. Steve, it almost looks like in the up? League of yeah. the Extraordinary Gentlemen, the Nautilus. In that, oh. 
I want that. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> it looks like a, it looks like a, a Nemo's. Um, yeah, Captain the Nemo's Nautilus. Ship. The Nautilus. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so the billionaire commissioned the Aqua. It's named Aqua ship at 370 feet. Luxury vessel completely powered by liquid hydrogen, which it was uh, publicized last year at the Monaco Yacht Show by the Dutch design film, uh, firm Sinnott. Yeah, I was there, and we all wept when he introduced this concept. So it, it runs on liquid hydrogen. Yeah, so it's going to be, obvi- I think, very environmentally friendly. Yes. Or the worst thing for the environment ever. Uh, speaking about the project last year, the marine designer, Sander Sinnott, said... Uh, for the development of Aqua, we took inspiration from the lifestyle of a discerning, forward-looking owner, the fluid versatility of water and cutting-edge technology to combine this in a super yacht with truly innovative features. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> uh, the boat has five decks and space to accommodate 14 guests. 14 guests. That's 14 it. guests? Shut up. That's more than my house can handle. That, But... This thing, you could fit 200 people on this thing comfortably, and it no, says 14 guests. We're talking Bill Gates' friends comfortably. But I guess 14 guests, so you get your own state rooms well, and stuff like that. 14 so. Preston, so you can still run chariot races. Oh, by the way, 14 guests and 31 crew members. So it takes That's twice why. as many people uh, to run the thing. So each guest gets, uh, you know... Two crew members? Two crew members. Yeah, it's... Look at this. It's insane. This infinity pool thing running down the steps on the back of it is just obscenely opulent. I, I'm a believer that you can do whatever you want with your money. That's It's fine. He's he's earned it. He's a billionaire. But this is ridiculous. This, well, like, this is such a giant waste of money to have $641 million on a boat. Do you think it would be a little bit more manageable if he got rid of the NASCAR track? Wait. Well, by the way, just to, just to back him up, though, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation donated $100 million this week to tackle the coronavirus. Okay. So, All right. So they're, you know. He's very charitable. You got to give him some of that. Right, and he actually just pulled that out of his wallet. Right. <laughs> right. Physically, just right out of his there wallet. You go. He had $100 million yeah. bills Here's in his wallet. $100 million. Dollars. Just put that in the, the, over there, in that red pot with the guy bringing the bell. <laughs> All right, real quick. How much does uh, liquid hydrogen cost per gallon? Uh, I think you, at my local Sunoco. Uh-huh. Uh, no, it's um, it's my guess is um, <laughs> look at this thing. It's cheaper. It would it, he'd be an idiot to get something more. Well, maybe it's in, because it's environmental. That's why. I have no idea. I, I'm sure he's really counting pennies. So uh, the boat has five decks, like I said, accommodates 14 guests, 31 Jesus. crew members, and a further environmentally friendly feature: gel fueled fire bowls. Gel-fueled fireball. Allow guests to stay warm outside without having to burn wood or coals. So wait a second. We're looking at actual footage of this. This is completed. Yeah, it's done. Okay. Oh, because usually what you see is an artist rendering. But well, this... it says here he's no, ordered no, no. it. These are, Steve, this is not footage. This is artist rendering. This is what it's going to look like. That's a computer image. This looks unbelievably okay. realistic. Yeah. Uh, but its most cutting-edge feature is tucked away below decks, two, uh, er, below the decks, two 28-ton vacuum-sealed tanks that are cooled to negative 423 degrees Fahrenheit and filled with liquid hydrogen, which powers the ship. The fuel will generate power for the two one-megawatt motors and propellers via onboard fuel cells, which combine hydrogen with oxygen to produce electricity. And the best thing is it's completely safe. (laughs) (laughs) I was thinking the same thing. (laughs) Uh, The byproduct is water. So instead of giving off, you know... uh, And now we turn the key in! (laughs) It gives off water. The vessel is unlikely to take to the seas before 2024. Just turn the key in. 
Now, here's the... Listen to this, though. When when this takes to the to the water, it has the potential of reaching speeds of 17 knots or about 20 miles per hour. Whoa! I know, I know. On the Hold sea on. for that size, that's pretty good. Is it? Is that's it? not bad for a yacht, a, a, a traveling speed. Not bad. I'm curious what... You know, like cruise, like a cruise ship. What is, how fast does that go? So a cruise. My understanding is you get a cruise ship up to uh, around that realm. Really? I guess so. You know what yeah. he's right, Kathy. If you've if you ever been on a on a speedboat and you get up around like forty miles an hour, it feels like you're doing. 75, 80 miles yeah. an hour on the water. It's do, hauling ass. Do a quick check. I may yeah. be off the mark, but I, I believe most cruise ships don't. Okay, so here we go. The average speed of a modern cruise ship is thir- is uh, 20. roughly 20, yeah, 23 miles per hour. Yeah. Huh. Okay, maximum speeds, mm. oh, feels 34 much miles an hour. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, the water is definitely, Yeah. it, it feels like you're going a lot faster. Well, you like to do that thing where you stand on the bow of the ship and spread your arms out and say, I'm king of the world. I mm. mean. I've never been on a cruise it? ship. Never, like not even on me neither. I have a couple times. Yeah, you know the Alaska one, which I, I would consider, but yeah. it's just it's not in my uh, Honestly, wheelhouse. Nick, cruise Ohio if you get the chance. Yeah, it's, it's it's awesome. uh, I don't like cruise ships. I've yeah. done several of them, and each time I'm like, well, maybe this time it'll be different. <laughs> Preston, you know? if you're like uh, honestly, it's your best bet if you're looking to get the coronavirus. Yeah, right. Yeah. Or the neurovirus. the neurovirus. There's one of those yeah. going on right yeah. now in another cruise ship. Oh yay! But uh, yeah, it's just listen. You've got to be, and it's not the whole. Um, being on the water thing, that's the best part about it. Yeah. Um, it's the, uh, I don't know, uh, being stuck in a small stateroom and uh, yeah, members you know what, are though, foreigner. I, you know what? I, I felt, though, I did. I only did one cruise, and, and I did feel like, okay, I did that. I don't really need to do it again. But what I loved about it was um, not stressing about going place to place. So, Nick, I did it um, in Europe. We went through the Mediterranean, and it was right. absolutely beautiful. And I didn't have to stress about, like, because I do stress about that, getting on the train, the right train, another flight, this, that. It was you just got off, you went, you toured, and sometimes we stayed a few days, and then other times you got back on and you slept on the boat or hung out on the boat while or the ship while it traveled. Did you guys? And I think this happened over our Christmas break. Did you guys see the footage of those two cruise ships colliding? Yeah, uh, no, near port. Yes, yeah, pretty wild. It's. I mean, <clears throat> nobody well, they, died they, or anything like that. They, but one was turning and they and they clipped each other. Yeah. yeah. Well, but like when they clipped each other, it's a lot different than two cars clipping each yep. other. I mean, they didn't sink or anything, did they? No, that? no, no. But it, it tore the. The one tore the other one basically to shreds. Okay. Those people, though, did get a, a discount on their stateroom, though. They after did. That, yeah. They did. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't have any interest in taking a cruise. However, the Ritz-Carlton has those cruise yachts now. I don't know how much they cost. I'm sure they're cheap. I, I know. <laughs> I know. Uh, so, anyhow, it can also travel about 3,750 miles, or roughly London to, to New York, before it needs to refuel. Okay. So that's pretty cool. Uh, the boat would have a diesel backup due to the scarcity of hydrogen refueling stations. Uh, Bill Gates, by the way, is a regular super yacht holiday maker who has not previously owned his own vessel, so he's actually buying this one. Typically, he rents yacht for his own use. In the past, he has vacationed off the coast of Sardinia aboard the $330 million yacht Serene, which is owned by the Stoli vodka magnate Yuri Scheffler. I hate renting my mega yachts because when you get them, (laughs) they're never cleaned. They're never what you want. Mm -hmm. The refrigerator is always empty. Uh, I hate it. I do think that if I were to stumble into FU money, a boat would have to be on the list. How big of a boat? A big ass boat. Really? Oh, you'd yeah. go big. Yeah, for okay. sure. Would you get like a three hundred? You know what I'd do though? I'd get a three hundred and fifteen foot canoe. Yeah, <laughs> and you would need 
80 people yeah. to row it. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. A 315-foot, but with fully to scale, yes. where the bench seats are up like five stories. Right. <laughs> right? Wouldn't that be cool? That's so dumb. Yeah, cool isn't the word I would describe it. Super huge oars that you can't yeah. use. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah, the only thing is I wouldn't. So you would mention, pressing going from London to New York. I, I don't have any interest in going across the Atlantic Ocean in a boat. Uh, I would maybe tour the Caribbean with that. Yeah, what about a Zeppelin? Not that either. But I was doing the math. I guess uh, it would take about six days at 20 knots or 20 yeah. miles per hour or whatever. Something like that. I don't know. That's not that bad. No, I wouldn't want to do that either. I, you want to go You want to go island to island. Yeah. That's the way you go down it. in the, the Caribbean. Alaska, and so Hawaii. Yeah. Places where, obviously, like the, the Greek islands. Places where you're going to benefit from that proximity. Otherwise, to me, that's why a couple of times my, my dad, years and years and years and years ago, one, two cruises as a working center through his place of business to take a cruise down to Bermuda, which is all well and good. But you want to get to Bermuda quick, right? You want to yeah, get there. You just want to get there. It's like, what are you going to do? Like, are there riverboat cruises in the United States? I know they have them in Europe. River, you mean like, yeah. Yeah, but riverboat. I'm talking like down the Mississippi or something like I'm that. I'm sure. I'm sure there are. But I think they're more like day trips. Like, I don't know if you're sleeping over on those. Like, you don't go from, you know. Way up north, all the way down to New Orleans. Not like Viking not cruises, sure. right? I don't know. Yeah, not like that. Going through know. Europe and stuff. I'd love to do that. One of those those cruises. That would be pretty. I mean, because cool, to, to Kathy's point, you're you're traveling with your hotel, and everywhere that you're putting in is usually right in the nexus of what you want to see, because all the cities form along the river. Hey, there's one on the New York uh, Hudson River Valley. You can do that. And over there is a building. Over there is where the artists play. And up there is some crap. I don't know. That looks like a factory or something. I mean, I don't know everything. I'm not a goddamn Stephen Hawking. But welcome to the New York Rivers Cruise. Listen, I, I did that. You did? I guess. What the hell was that? I thought you it were was... our cruise guide. I'm not an air horn guy. <laughs> It wasn't a sleepover thing. It was uh, It was actually a wedding on a cruise ship, and it was awesome. Yeah, you said the views of the city were amazing. It was amazing. We yeah. did it during, it started during the day, and then it wrapped back around, and we came back through, saw the Statue of Liberty at night. Ain't that spectacular? <laughs> Manhattan skyline at night. It was It was gorgeous. Well, when you leave from, yeah, when you, we do the, the river cruises, and we used to do it all the time with the WDRE in New York. You'd, you'd take, you go out around, and the World Trade Center was in existence at this time. And it was an amazing thing to see that part of the city from the water. It was always gorgeous. Yeah. Uh, it was awesome. We left out of Jersey City. <laughs> we left out of Jersey City. Oh, um, okay. So it was even easier. You'd have to drive into Manhattan. I, w- I wonder if like a, like a cruise up and down the east coast of the United States. You know, I mean, you never think about that. But hitting port cities along the way, literally going from New York to Philadelphia to D.C. or something you like that. You could Cruises. Yeah, and the inland waterway I have always heard is is, is something that's worth doing. But uh, I don't know. I don't know. You know, I, to me, uh, if you're going to get to a, a tropical place, you fly. And unless it's something yeah. that really benefits from being seen from the water, yeah. uh, don't do it. It's it's the, really it's the use of your time that's the issue for me. It's like you Look know, over there, Camden, right? And uh, what's that over there? I don't know. It looks like Delaware or something. <laughs> if you're retired and have a few money, I guess any cruise could be interesting. <laughs> Delaware something. <laughs> <laughs> Here's what I want to do. Uh, what do you want to do? One of these times, one of these days, Preston. Now, I want to go. I want to get to uh, Wildwood because uh, that's where I go in the summer. I want to get there by going down the Delaware River. 
Uh, yeah. And then, and then out in the In a 300-foot canoe? Uh, <laughs> no, I don't want to power it myself. Casey, I have a friend uh, who has a boat, and he docks it somewhere in uh, in Jersey, Cape May or something like that. And he has, he's gone to Camden for Buffett shows. No kidding. Uh, so he'll, he'll take it around the point of Cape May and then come up to Delaware Bay and then up the river. And it's if you're not in a hurry and you have time and a nice boat, it's fun. It's enjoyable. Yeah, I would imagine. I mean... Sure, just getting a different perspective yeah. on the on the trip down to shore, and and I would like to, to go where the Delaware opens up into the ocean. May I suggest yeah. something, cool. Preston? Yeah, get friends with boats. Yeah, exactly. that's the better because honestly, we yes. we had boats throughout, <laughs> and we by no means did not have three hundred foot super mega yachts. We had seventeen. The largest we had, I think, was twenty six, yeah. twenty eight feet. We had an eighteen footer, right? Yeah. Right. So so, but they are they consume your existence. Yeah, yeah. Oh, really? and and. My father employed us as his uh, crew, whether we wanted to be the crew or not. Every weekend was burned up with it. But if you have friends who have the boats, hey. Yeah, they say the two best days in a boat owner's life is the day you get your boat and the day you sell your (laughs) boat. Yeah, Yeah, I heard that. We used to do band on the boat, NMMR. Uh, Were you guys here for that? Yes. Oh, yes. We we did the one where the boat never actually left the dock. (laughs) Because the, the internal plumbing was effed up. Do you remember which band that was? Uh, American Bang? No. Uh, maybe, no. Uh, who did Paralyzer? Oh, 311? No. Finger, no. 11. Three, finger, finger 11. 11? Finger yeah. 11? Yeah. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I think it was Finger Five 11. Finger 11. Three. It was an 11 band. Five Finger 11 punch. Five Finger <laughs> yeah. Death 11. I heard a great, uh... Sons. <laughs> the name of a great cover band was, um... Oh. Uh, Lead Dog Hot Zeppelin. No, no. Lead Dog Hot Fighters. Okay. And it was, uh... <laughs> Led Zeppelin, uh... Uh, whatever. I don't know what this... Uh, well, there was a uh, Bon Journey, which is Bon Jovi. Bon Journey's a good one, yeah. Bon, yeah. It was a yeah. Bon Jovi Journey cover band. But Preston, earlier you said hauling ass, and I was thinking hauling oats. Like, what kind of cover band could haul an ass be? Haul an ass. <laughs> heavy metal version of hauling oats. There's cool. Dread Zeppelin. You guys heard yeah. that. Dread Zeppelin, right? yeah. yeah. I like heavy metal hauling oats. Yeah, hauling ass. Hauling ass. <laughs> ass. I don't know. Uh, by the way, uh, Nick pulled this up. There's some uh, oh, river Jesus. cruises, like you can do Chesapeake Bay cruises. Woo! That could be kind Look of Look over cool. there. Yes. <laughs> Looks like a stick or something. <laughs> Kathy, what's the name of that town where your friend got married in the, on the Chesapeake Bay? Uh, Rock Hall. Rock Hall, yeah, that's really nice. Whoa, that's a refrigerator over there. <laughs> <laughs> it's just floating. Just floating. I didn't know those things could float. <laughs> All right, well, anyhow. Bill Gates has ordered Holy the, crap, look at that pile of garbage. The world's first hydrogen-powered super yacht at $644 million, and it is obnoxious how awesome it is. I don't think you should ever buy something you could lose people in. Mm, yes. <laughs> right? That's too much. I mean, in, even with my 300-foot canoe, you could always see them. All right, well, listen, we need to take a break because I've got some bizarre file stories I want to share with you and also want to make sure we're staying on time because around 9.30-ish, yeah. we are going to ask a question about the Dr. Oz show from Friday, give away $500. Also want to mention this. This is something that we're aiming to do if we can, uh, you know, rally enough people and the, get the, the proper stuff set up for this. But uh, we had talked about last week around this same time about uh, people who have never kissed anyone in their life, over 18 years old and have never kissed anyone. And we wanted to, with Valentine's Day looming, 
have those people come by and have their first kiss ever live on the radio. We'd set up the perfect environment for yeah. it, and we'd be part of putting you out finally, getting that out of the way. Yeah. It's such a hub to get over. Yeah. And it, then you're on to all the good, sweaty, sticky stuff. It might be exactly what you're looking for. So uh, email marissa at wmmr.com. Yeah. If you can come by on Friday morning, and we'll set up some uh, kiss surrogates, or we'll have, it's mainly guys that we have right now, believe it or not, uh, that uh, that haven't kissed before. But the, like, the original takers, the people yeah. were calling in, all were all women. Yeah. yeah. So we'll see how it works out. Yeah. I feel like we need. I mean, we'll, yeah. Let's just talk about talk about it off air. Okay. <laughs> Never mind. Thank you, Casey. You're welcome. We'll take a break and we'll come back in a moment and we'll get to the bizarre <laughs> bizarre file <laughs> stories. Make sure you stay with us. Ah, uh, springtime is in the air early. As we fantasize of riffs and rock outdoors on the lawn. Get set for MMRBQ 2020, Saturday, May 16th at BB&T Pavilion. Disturbed. Royal Blood. I only love when I love you. The Pretty Reckless. Sublime with Rome. I don't practice The best value in rock. Nine bands for just 50 bucks. Also appearing. Puddle of Mud. Robot. Dirty Honey, Mongolian Metalheads, The Who, and Jackson's Local Shots opener, Foxtrot, and The Get Down. Saturday, May 16th, BB&T Pavilion. Tickets on sale tomorrow at 9 a.m. from 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks. B-File, here we go. Now, Bizarre. WMMR presents Bizarre. Kristen and Steve's Bizarre, Bizarre File. Oh! I just sounded like I was calling an audible, didn't yeah. I? Yeah. Beep up. Here we go. <laughs> Brought to you this morning by Red Robin. Red Robin is sharing the love in February with 15% of all online orders using promo code ONLINE15. Order today at order.redrobinpa.com. Red Robin, yum. So we'll start with this. A Sandusky area man is temporarily banned from a local library because he was watching porn on a public computer while drinking a beer. Yeah. This is in the library. That's the way to do it. An officer was approached Tuesday just after 7 p.m. by a library goer who reported a man watching pornographic material on the computer at the West oh! Adams Street branch. Uh, police. He's having a good time. Police found Clarence Stoll uh, looking at inappropriate content while drinking a Budweiser. Uh, several several empty cans and some that were unopened were also found in a bag under oh. his computer. Well, not done yet. Uh, the 40-year-old man initially gave police his brother's identity, but the officer recognized him and threatened to charge him with providing false information if he wasn't honest. Could you give that to me with the other hand? <laughs> he will be charged with uh, trespassing if he returned to the library within the next 60 days. He was cited for having an open container in a public place. <laughs> we'll stick with some beer on this. Let's listen to this store. Uh, story. Uh, chaos erupted outside a popular Brooklyn brewery Friday night when an apparently <coughs> annoyed craft beer hater pulled a gun on a long line of people who were waiting to buy the latest designer IPA. Jesus. No shots were fired during the squabble outside the other half brewing company, and a suspect was being questioned on Saturday. God damn yeah! The gun-slinging uh, skeptic struck around the corner from the brewery where beer lovers with camp chairs and hand trucks regularly line up overnight to buy limited-run $18 four-packs and collectible cans sold when the door opens Saturday mornings. Now, I 
two with this guy think that's pretty silly, but I'm not going to go whipping out a gun on people. No. Yeah, no. I got uh, so you. it was around 9 p.m. when the gunman a samurai sword. And, and a woman he was with allegedly confronted the long line of hops hipsters. He, uh, a person there in line said, uh, we were hanging out. The line was going around the block at that point. We were just chatting, not really doing anything. It was a dude and a woman. I think they were drunk. The pair who were staying at an Airbnb began mocking the beer lovers for standing online overnight for the release of 10 beers with names like Bourbon Barrel, Aged Bananaversary, Imperial Stout, and All Six Anniversary Everything Chocolate Peanut Butter Crunchy Imperial Stout. First, the taunts flew. Then some of the camp chairs, the witness said. The belligerent couple disappeared back into the apartment building. Soon afterward, the man came back outside to glare at the line again. He began drinking a can of White Claw Hard Seltzer, which may have been just another taunt, and just shouted a bunch of crap at the the witness had said. So we talked some crap back to him. The guy was telling us that we were a bunch of idiots waiting in line for beer. So I said, oh, what is this, the only Airbnb you can afford? And then he got super pissed and threw a white claw at us, which was the funniest part of the night. Beer fight. A woman online dodged the flying inferior can, then yelled, "What are you? Why are you throwing beers at a girl? That's not cool, man." And then he goes, "Okay, well, how about I put a Glock in your mouth?" Oh, damn! And uh, then he just walked inside. Nobody thought I would actually have a gun, but who the hell would be would bring out a gun over something this stupid? Five minutes later, the guy came back out in hand. He said it was a Glock 19. At that point, we de-escalated the situation, and he put it away and went inside. Whoa, bro. Well, they promptly called the police, and uh, 30 seconds later, he said, like, eight cop cars came down. The last of the beer lovers saw the gunman was when cops hauled him out of the apartment building in handcuffs. Uh, the folks online confirmed his identity. Cops took him away. He looked average, the guy said. Honestly, he looked just like a regular white guy with a beard. Uh, <laughs> guessing his age was around 30 and that he was from somewhere in the Midwest. A worker at the brewery said, on rare occasions, a fight may break out in the beer line, but he's never heard of a gun being pulled before on a Friday, before this past Friday. No, he was night. serious. Yeah, yeah. Uh, City of Vancouver staff says it is investigating whether an event at the Vancouver International Boat Show that features a squirrel water skiing violates municipal bylaws. And oh, yes, Twiggy, the no water way. skiing squirrel, yeah. is performing for the first time in the Vancouver edition of the show this week in what is described by organizers as an educational life jacket and water safety presentation. And Twiggy, the water skiing <laughs> squirrel. The event, which involves a trained squirrel using miniature water skis to navigate around an indoor pool, came under scrutiny after the city of Toronto announced Friday that Twiggy's performances the week of January 17th broke its own municipal bylaws. Toronto Mayor John Tory said, people decided years ago in the city government, and I think with the support of the population, that we weren't going to allow animals like squirrels to be taken in by people. They're wild animals. Vancouver municipal staff issued a statement explaining that while the eastern gray squirrel is not considered wildlife and is not prohibited in Vancouver, rodents cannot be used as entertainment. You can't use a rat for a show? Businesses are prohibited <laughs> from using rodents in competitions, exhibitions, performance, or events according to Schedule A, Section 13 of the city's business prohibition bylaw number 5156 said in the statement. Should the operator be found to be in contravention of the bylaws... The city will issue a warning letter. Well, then they had to cancel the all-possum death of a salesman. Right? Yeah. And then your rat juggling act, Steve. You I know. That. It's so good, too. You, you were up to five rats, which is, 
I mean, pretty impressive. It's pretty amazing. I love the fact that they're going to this much brouhaha over Twiggy, the water skiing squirrel. And Twiggy, the water skiing squirrel. It can't be the same Twiggy. What's the life expectancy of a squirrel? A good well, I know they kill him after every performance. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> And then they hot glue their paws to the... Uh, By ring. the way, they now have a GoPro that they hook up on the line that, that uh, Twiggy hangs on to while he's skiing, so you get this really up-close shot of him. It's actually pretty freaking funny. So <laughs> what is the life expectancy of an average squirrel? I don't know, but well, it's not the same one. There's not, no right? way. Because we've had that clip for 15 years or more. I doubt, yeah. Maybe longer. Know. Unless they're like, you know... One last story. And I love this story. It's a local one out of Haddon Township. A kid put up signs advertising a Chewbacca roar contest. <laughs> the contenders came in by the hundreds. The voicemails, about 150. The calls themselves, around 500, according to Seamus Tulane. Tulane was the victim. There's no prize in this. It was a prank pulled off by his best friend, Noel Hecht. And he said, Noel said, I printed out 50 flyers that said Chewbacca Roar Contest. <laughs> they all had his number on it and a $50 award for the best impression. So people were leaving messages on his phone? Yeah, Tulane said for the first week, I was fuming. <laughs> I was actually plotting revenge with a similar concept. Hecht and Tulane are both freshmen at Haddon Township High School. That's pretty good, man. And to pull this off, Hecht put the signs up everywhere from his neighborhood in Collingswood to Audubon, even in the city, including Reading Terminal Market. <laughs> And uh, Tulane had pleaded with his friend, why, man, why? Heck's response was, eh, I was bored. <laughs> that's, that's good, though. That's outstanding. That's a good one. I love it. So there you go. That's uh, the bizarre file this morning. He's standing before us as we speak, ready for his day in the sun. It happens every year at Valentine's Day. And we're happy to have him here this morning, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Steven Singer. Hey! Good morning, guys. Thanks for having Buddy and I in on by the this way, love fest. By the way, so so Stephen adopted a dog. I did. Buddy, and the last time that I went to the shop, I'd say this dog has changed your life. You yes. are gaga over this guy. He has rescued me. I did not rescue him. Well, you, I, you know how Stephen and I both love animals, as yeah. we all do, and I strongly recommend rescuing a dog and his name is buddy he's got his own instagram if you want to check him out buddy the jeweler he's a sweetheart he really is he's and really he just filmed dog. an episode of the bachelor where he brings a 24 carat gold red rose in his mouth are you so kidding? right girl oh yeah how did that happen oh listen he's a popular guy and uh he's got a, a lot of videos a lot of things coming out so when when does and that buddy is your man in the jewelry business he is your buddy in the jewelry business i hate steven singer and this is buddy love all so, right so you got all that out now yes. i have to ask the question yes when do we see him on uh, the bachelor uh, Soon. All right. You, you can get, right. you could have a crappy pilot or you could have a buddy with a jewelry store. Who what would you rather have? Jewelry or an airplane flight? That's right, yeah. Right? Well, that's very cool. He's very what? sweet. He's got these dreamy brown eyes. He's and, very uh, uh he's, women love him. Come yeah, here. he uh he's docile. He is, he's docile and he does exactly what you what you tell him. He's he, he listens oh my to God, commands very it. well. He's, he's been, a cute dog. Uh we got an invitation to go on uh, CNN and they said please bring Buddy to go st- to see us and he can bring his driver Steve with him. <laughs> so uh, uh, everybody loves Buddy. He's the Spuds McKenzie of the jewelry world. Yes, you, yes, yeah, amazing. Yes. So cute. Yes, he's very smart. So uh so you've come here with the gold roses of course. I've come here with three things to tell you about for okay. all the Preston and Steve fans. One is a little bit of disappointing news. What's uh, that? I know well, what it first is. First of all, because Preston and Steve is our number one station. Hmm. This is it. Wow. How many years is it? 17 years you're here? 51. How many years? No. Uh, At MMR, it's been uh, 15. 2005. 
15 years. Yeah. Okay, for 15 years, um, right out of the box, you became number one. Wow. And you know how much we love you guys. And um, we sold out of the 24-carat gold rose, rose gold, <laughs> which I know you love saying, <laughs> which is, it's like, it's, it's... You did that on purpose. I you did, did do it on purpose. You did, you son of a bitch. I think part of the allure is because it's so <laughs> sticky because nobody can say it and they uh-huh. all hate it. Uh-huh. And then they all make fun of the name. But... Uh-huh. Um, it's also a real pain in the ass to make. It takes twice as long to make oh, as the regular okay. ones. And we've been working on it for almost two years. And it, we ran out, um, I don't know, three, four days ago. It's okay. a very, very, very pot. My wife loves rose gold. Right. Well, everybody has rose gold phones yeah, and yeah. rose gold accessories. And they right. wear white, yellow, and rose gold together. So we you're out. We do have the Frozen, which is a 24-carat rose gold rose, but it's in the frozen, in the white. Uh, This is actually, we have frozen one, which is yellow gold, and this is frozen two. (laughs) Coincidentally, around the same time the movie came out. What a coincidence. Yes. Complete, complete, complete accident. And um, we also have... It's all by accident. Yes, it was just a complete accident. Yeah, the Avengers Uh, Endgame. Right. Yes, yes, yes. And um, for the fans that collect yellow gold, you know, and they want to keep the, the collection pure. We yeah. have this one. We call it a gritty orange color of Philadelphia. <laughs> but the real name of it, since I don't want to get sued, is <laughs> Aren't You Glad? So if ah. you want to collect this, you can get Aren't You Glad? Um, and something that Preston and Steve fans have been asking for for many, many years. We have the absolute perfect rose display for all your roses oh, you're and just I'm knock, as i'm knocking them down and we have them yeah so that it is it displays the roses perfectly you can see the whole rose yeah and i have them for one rose up to 12 roses up to so 12. okay and it fits absolutely perfectly everything the way they align and it has a little uh, slit on the side so you could put the 20 the gold rose scent if you want the smell oh, okay, of fresh yeah. roses, okay. or you could put a little love note that it comes with, um, and they can display something that says their love. So well, we have a, it's a cool little stand for those who don't know what it's it displays about. it as well too because it's it spaces them out. So we have two bouquets. We're working on a third, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. and and my wife loves it. As you as we've said many times, this becomes a ritual now. This becomes expected. Honestly, I thought this a while ago would just be oh this is a cool little tchotchke. It's a flash in a pan. Now it's become um, inextricable from Valentine's Day. So. Yeah. Uh, but this is a new way to display it, which I'm loving because we don't want to just keep right. Them in the it days. fits perfectly, yeah. and it takes up almost no space. It's uh, only and, about two and a half, three inches wide, and it fans them out more. It fans them, and when it's whether it's six roses or twelve roses or two, whatever it is, it puts them at the perfect angle so you can see the tops and the sides, which people like. Have you ever seen anything like this in the in the in this in the industry that you've been in for so many years? That's been this this sort of tchotchke that's. That's caught on as much as these things have. No. Yeah. Um, I am the Steve Jobs of gold roses. You know, we've <laughs> put this? these together and we just keep making them better and changing them. Absolutely. And now we're going to have, you know, because of popular demand, the rose gold roses in all the colors, you know, that we're going to add just as we have the yellow gold and the platinum to add to all the colors. But the stands, I have so many people that collect them and we've been trying to come up with a good stand um, right. and a good display for years. And people just use the regular, you know, glass vases. But well, me ask you now in addition sure. to the roses we mm-hmm. i know we have talked about some other things what, right. what do you recommend that that again time is of the essence here friday valentine's day uh what do you recommend people drop on in and get well first off 
just let me say this because we have several guys here in the room and yeah. we're all pretty stupid. Yes. And as I could tell, <laughs> I stupid. could tell from their the expressions on their face. Yeah. And um, before Wednesday, you get free shipping. All right. Do you know we get like ten thousand orders on Thursday that people pay for shipping? <laughs> I say, what happened? Yeah. What you knew all this time? <laughs> I believe Valentine's Day this year is going to be uh, February fourteenth. I think that's what it comes yeah. out this yes. year. Yes. Yeah, it is. So Friday, why not before two o'clock on Wednesday order? And get free shipping. Yeah. yeah. Why pay the extra money? Kathy yeah. is all about free shipping. Kathy, right. would you would you much prefer a gift that you received knowing that it came vis-a-vis free shipping? Oh, I actually get annoyed if I know that yeah. it pays for shipping. Oh, yeah. I what are you putting on over there? This is that uh, the heart circle necklace. This that we've is been the ring about. of heart. Ring of heart. diamond you necklace. You one? Yes. And I brought one for Kathy oh, and one for, one for Marissa. Oh. And uh, it is has 15 diamonds, so it's like saying you were loved 15 times a day. It has an adjustable chain. Oh, that's so you can wear it. You can wear it um, high or low. But I've had so many people say, how can this only be 128 bucks? Because it looks like so much more, mm-hmm. this beautiful, beautiful necklace. And um, it just is fantastic. Well, like it's, it's a little petite circle and what most girls do as kathy's probably going to do is they stack it they'll wear two or three necklaces together at different lengths like a little bar or a little yeah. chain and it's a great look and for 128 bucks it says i love you 15 times a day so you know and that again it, and by the way it'll come it'll the, the production the, the the packaging everything is done nicely it's all it's all turnkey but you just have to make sure you get it done that's it. All you can order it online with free shipping before Wednesday. Certainly, you can come into the store. We'd love to have every everybody come in the store. But I was interviewed um, recently, uh, several months ago, on Bloomberg, and they said, "Can you describe your store to us?" Right. And I said, um, "If Tiffany's and Walmart got together and had a baby, <laughs> that would be Stevenson or Jewelers." Yeah, yeah, I yeah. said, "It's it's the type of thing where you have great packaging, great quality. Real jewelry does yes, real jewelry doesn't have to be expensive. That's good, well, and it." It's, it looks like, and but it's great service and a great value. Well, hey, I want to sum it up for you. So we got this text that says, hey, please tell Steven Singer that my uh, fiance and I had a wonderful time at his store a couple of weeks ago. We went in the shop around for uh, wedding bands. Uh, we were going to make the, the whole day out of it, and we went to his store first, and we walked out happy with our purchase and can't wait to come back uh, to pick up our ring. So they just went to yours, and then they decided to go nowhere oh, else. That's and then so it nice says, but hear. here it says, and I like to say that Stephanie was such a sweetheart and we are going to continue coming back because of her. That's what the Steven Singer Jewelers uh, uh, experience is all about, is the people that work there. You ain't there. kidding. We you all guys, have you got the best, we most have, coolest, nicest people that work there. And they're there. all lifers. I mean, Stephanie's been with me about 10 years. She just got married two years ago and just had a baby. She just Aww. got back from maternity. And she's gorgeous and sweet as sugar. And, you know, none of our people are in commission. It's we bonus people by how many good reviews they get, how many referrals they get. We just want everybody to be happy. And, I, you know, no bull. We give a lifetime guarantee on all the stuff, and we give a lifetime trade-in. So if you buy a diamond and a year later, two years later, you want to trade, you can get exactly what you paid for. I've done that. You know I, what I, I mean? I've, I've upgraded, you, yeah. You, you, lose, you lose nothing. So we're the only store that I know of in, in the country that guarantees the diamond, the ring, and the relationship. What? Nothing. <laughs> 
It's All true. Right. It is. It's I'm, absolutely true. It's true. <laughs> yeah. So if you're planning to get divorced, I'm the guy to say. <laughs> nice, nice. Uh, all right, so out of the rose gold, but you've got these other colors. We had the frozen rose gold. We have the orange you glad. And then, of course, we have all the other colors. I mean, nobody will be disappointed. We have plenty of, plenty of colors. All right. We yeah. love everything. We're just looking at their... their and Spider-Man is the... outside the window. You're yeah, climbing up. are tearing the down window. the tarp for hey, you. Yes. So, uh, so Friday, we're going to do this... Uh, this People who have never kissed anybody before in their life, they're going to come by and kiss. Well, I think and... we should make it like The Bachelor, where they give them a red rose for so the people too. the right. people that they like. Beautiful. That's the way we do it, except this rose will last forever. All right, so free shipping after Wednesday, that's gone. Right. Okay, so you got to get on that now. Today's Monday, so right. do it now. You get to it now. I hate <laughs> right. stevensinger.com. Yeah, it's, it's really no good. shocker, yeah. All right. Well, we love you. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me in. Thank Absolutely. you for being such great spokesman. Uh, for our product, and we get more people, like I said, that come in and say a Preston and Steve line or go do something. Like I had three, four calls when you were on the other on the air the other day. Uh, you messed up something. You said something. Oh, oh, um, <laughs> when you said the spot, and everybody's texting me. Oh, your friend Preston just said this. Like, oh, do you I pay him you. to do no, that? I love you. Oh, I love you. you. Yeah. yeah no. <laughs> Somebody said, "Do I pay you to do that?" I said, "No, he does that all on his own." We ended up being the lesson question for the day. Yeah, right. Was, yeah. From yeah, a live commercial. I love you. Nice. I texted him back. I said, I feel the need for pizza. <laughs> yeah, to eat pizza. And listen, thanks for bringing Buddy by, too. He's awesome. Buddy's Go by awesome. the store and see Buddy. Buddy was there last time I was there. That's it. Buddy runs around. All nice. the women love him. Love All right. It. Thanks, All right. guys. Thank you. Steven yeah. Singer, guys. Yeah. Yeah. sweet mystery of life at last I found you. All right. We are, we are going to take a break, and we'll be back in just a moment. we got to recap some of the Oscar stuff from last night, so stay close. Rob McElhinney is also going to be on the show this morning. We'll be back in a moment. Like the Preston and Steve Show podcast? Check out MMR's other audio on demand at WMMR.com or on the MMR mobile app. Hi, I'm Steven Singer. Yep, that's me, the I Hate Steven Singer guy. People ask me all the time, what does this mean, I Hate Steven Singer? Well, maybe this is the reason. At my store, we don't play pricing games. We wouldn't treat our friends like that. We only have one price. One place, one price. Come to my store and feel the difference. You'll have fun buying a diamond for somebody you love. Steven Singer Jewelers. One place, one price. 888-I-HATE-STEVEN-SINGER. Online, IHateStevenSinger.com. And our flagship store at the other corner of 8th and Walnut in Philly. Hi, I'm Steven Singer. Yep, that's me, the I Hate Steven Singer guy. People ask me all the time, what does this mean, I Hate Steven Singer? Well, maybe this is the reason. At my store, we don't play pricing games. We wouldn't treat our friends like that. We only have one price. One place, one price. Come to my store and feel the difference. You'll have fun buying a diamond for somebody you love. Steven Singer Jewelers. One place, one price. 888-I-HATE-STEVEN-SINGER. Online, IHateStevenSinger.com. And our flagship store at the other corner of 8th and Walnut in Philly. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. All right, the Oscars were last night. The Academy Awards. We ran through uh, the list of winners. We'll recap uh, some of that in a little bit. We have some audio to play from it. Always a guarantee of an hour and a half's worth of entertainment in three and a half hours. No, I watch... uh, I've learned now that after the... 
Although, you know what, last night they did a little bit better job throwing some of the more interesting categories early. They always lead with um, Best Supporting Actor. They always go, like, we're going to grab you with a biggie. Yeah. Yes. And then I was expecting immediately to go into costume design and things like that, but they but they did the, the animated stuff right after that. So they got me that far, and then I went to bed. Yes! And that's it. I'll be curious to see what the numbers are mm-hmm. uh, for this, because they've been fighting an uphill battle. That's why they went... They went well. That uh, part so of the reason. Part of the reason. Hostless. Uh, but uh, again, they. Uh, I think people are just awarded out, especially yep. since by this time, this is the this is the ass end. It's the big one. Yeah. yeah. But it's the ass end of an award season. I personally don't like the monologue part of the Oscars. I never have. Uh, I'm just like because you can you can tick everything off the list. Okay, they're going to go after that. They're going to go after that. They're going to go after that. Go, I'd rather just let's get to the awards. Let's yeah. get to the awards, and I'm good. But I mean, it was nice to see. Uh, Steve Martin and Chris Rock last night. Agreed. No one knew that was going to happen. No one knew that was going to happen. Just me on a personal level, I'm like, I I don't need that. So when I was, uh, for years, you know, I was a massive fan of the Academy Awards, especially since I'd seen, um, in almost every case, all the movies and and loved the whole pomp, loved the whole deal. You'd have cars, even like when Letterman came out, all that stuff. It was big. But now, but it was also one of just a few award shows. And now it's just one of so many, right. and and, the, and it's just too Not much. That big yeah, because yeah. you you stop and think about it, Kathy. Like on the red carpet last night, they were pointing to where the original Academy Award celebration used to take place, which is a luncheon, by the way. Yeah, uh, and uh, it was at the Roosevelt uh, Hotel in uh, in uh, Los Angeles. Um, it's it's certainly become something that's gotten away from them, and they don't know what to do with it now. Yeah. So, uh, Press, speaking of the monologues, you know what I, I, I miss is that like uh, montage thing that uh, Billy Crystal used to do. I love that. That was, that was fun. That it was fun. Was cool. The I thing agree. that they did with Janelle Monae last night, it was it was, it was, okay. cute. It was fine, yeah, but like, know. you know, the, I, I agree. Like, this is supposed to be need like it? the do biggest you need thing. It? Well, that you didn't need. Yeah. Yeah. But like with all that time and energy, couldn't you do something... A little bit better, a like little the Billy better. Crystal. Like, make stuff. a sandwich. Yeah. I, yeah. I can't believe that the acceptance speeches are only 45 seconds. They're only supposed to be 45 seconds. Like, right. for this big Honestly, of a night though. and this big of an award, I know for us, but, like, for somebody who's getting that big of an award, you have 45 seconds. Uh, well, yeah. here. <laughs> like, you can't even it's, gather it's all, your all, thoughts in 45 seconds. I'm conflicted on so many different things. This, if this is what it is, and it's their time to go off and talk about whatever they want to talk about, about milk or whatever, or... I got it. That's that's okay. I I'm only I would I say categorically I would only watch the show now for this show. So you know what we're we're talking about. I otherwise, if I had no obligation, I would jump in and out of it, and that's how I'd watch the Academy Awards. Yeah. I wouldn't watch it as from beginning to end the way I do now. Now, thank God for the DVR that's helped accelerate you know the the process. But it's just it's just not entertaining. The one award show I do think can become entertaining now and then is the Grammys. Yeah. Um, I didn't, and I usually like to watch the uh, red carpet. I didn't get to watch any of it. My daughter had a basketball game last night, and so I missed all of the red carpet. And didn't I, didn't, I didn't miss much. No. The only thing I like about it is I like oh, I like to see how everybody looks, you know? They look great. That's that's <laughs> the one where everybody's sort of, um, uh, it, it's it's really regal, you know? It's, it's like, I guess... Our royalty, if you will. Well, yeah, you can see all the fashion still at the mm-hmm. at the award show. You see most of them. Uh, so we have some audio clips to play. We can shotgun right through everything here if you want to. Co- if you, we we can we can uh, whittle it down to just a few minutes here and get it over. Sure, sure, um, absolutely. I started off with as you said the uh, the Janelle uh, Monet thing, which we won't play any audio of that, but it did happen. It was sort of surprise last minute. The uh, Steve Martin and Chris Rock uh, monologues. We have a, a collection of some of the jokes from that monologue. All right, here we go. So many stars. 
God, there's Brad Pitt. It's, it's like looking in a mirror. <laughs> Mahershala Ali's here tonight. Mahershala. Mahershala has two Oscars. You know what that means when the cops pull him over? Nothing. Yeah, I love that. Uh, Jeff Bezos is here. Oh. Jeff Bezos. Wow, great actor. <laughs> and he's got cash. When he writes a check, the bank bounce. <laughs> like, Jeff Bezos is so rich, he got divorced, and he's still the richest man in the world. <laughs> he saw Marriage Story and thought it was a comedy. <laughs> Anything you want to add about Mr. Bezos? No, I like getting my packages on time. <laughs> and Marty Scorsese is here somewhere. Where is he? Genius. Wow. I love the first season of The Irishman. <laughs> uh, Steve, d did you see The Joker? I, I can't wait to see it. It sounds so funny. <laughs> I'm laughing already. Joker. <laughs> so many great directors nominated this year. I don't know, Chris. I, I, I thought there was something missing. Uh, from the list this year. Vaginas? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they played well together. It was nice. They did, and they were both obviously sort of mocking the classic uh, monologue thing. And then they, yeah. they got, I as you said, go ahead. No, I was going to say, I didn't see the, uh, they, they made a joke about no female directors being nominated, um, but I didn't see Natalie Portman wore like a cape with all of the female directors' names on it. Right. Where, where were the names written? I don't know. I just it? read okay. about it, so I didn't see where they were on her. Now, so so <clears throat> the, all the all the people who are there, they're, they're the ones voting. So they're sort of criticizing themselves, themselves. aren't they? Right. So aren't they saying, hey... Hey, who are these idiots who aren't voting for these female directors? Oh, it's us. I mean, were there any um, blatant omissions as far as female directors yeah, are concerned? Like Little Women got some some decent reviews, but it wasn't it wasn't a like a like a smash. Booksmart was one. Booksmart, there's one, and that would have been um, Olivia Wilde. Olivia right? Wilde, yeah. But still, I don't know, you know. But uh, so. Um, yeah, I couldn't see where the, where the names were. I guess and, and it now, looks there's like a close-up picture here. It looks like maybe it's like the lining of the cape that she had on. is line. It looks like it, it could just be gold, but uh, I think it's names written in gold. Maybe it's just me and my friends, but um, I, I don't feel any buzz about the Oscars anymore. It used I to agree. Be where a, a lot of people would talk about it, get excited about it. There'd be parties, you know, and, and to me nowadays, it's really something that's dismissed. And Steve, I'm sure it's a, a lot of it's oversaturation, um, but it, I just, I, I found myself really bored by it. And it, it takes precedent. It takes away time. I know that you and of, of a kind, we like to watch the Kardashians. Of course, <laughs> yeah. of course. I uh, what, what it does for me, Nick, is just make me go, oh, you know what? That one, I should probably see that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's pretty it's much what it does for totally. me. You know? yeah. I've, I've heard of it, and then if, if it wins, I'm like, okay, yeah. I should probably see it. You know what I mean? I, I love the, I said it last week in my live reads for, for E, but I really do like the red carpet better than the actual award show. There were some cool moments on the show last night, but really the red carpet is more fun. I was saying stop and think if you take all the cool moments, quote unquote, from the from the Academy Awards presentation last night. It's about twenty minutes. Right. <laughs> you could make that a half hour episode. Mm -hmm. I surprisingly saw a lot of the best picture nominees and uh and I still didn't have like a big time vested interest. Right. Okay. In the well let's get award. to the uh next clip. Brad Pitt won for best supporting actor for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. They told me I only have forty five seconds up here which is 45 seconds more than the Senate gave John Bolton this week. Leo, I'll ride on your coattails any day, man. I thought that was pretty cool. I'm not one to look back, but this has made me do so, and I, I think of my folks taking me to the drive-in to see Butch and Sundance and loading up my car and moving out here and all the wonderful people I've met along the way to stand here now. 
Once upon a time in Hollywood. Ain't that the truth? He was, he was getting a little, his voice was getting a little And then he thanked his kids at the end. Yeah. He full on pissed himself. Did you see up on no. his face? No, I'm yeah. pouring out of no, his pants. You know what, Kathy? When, when he said that last time, line about it, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, I thought he was done. I'm like, oh, he's got to say something about the kids. He yeah. has to. He yeah. just recently. I don't like him. Yeah. Honestly, there's a couple I, I, I'm, I'm still not a big fan of. Uh, the one I tried to strangle on the plane, not too cool on him. Uh, Fang or Fong or whatever his name is, I don't like him. Uh, so. I didn't think his character had that much range in it, though. I mean, that was that's what, and I loved him in that in that movie. But as far as uh, you know, him winning everything. Well, I he even it. made the point yeah. in, in speeches that I, you know, that were before this, and there was, uh, um, you know, there was a lot of self deprecation, which was I was I was getting on board with the self deprecation was a cool thing. He said, "This is a weird, you know, is a big uh, stretch for me to play a guy who's." Uh, you know, has issues with his ex-wife, takes his shirt off, uh, yeah. you know, and, and there was a self-mocking thing. I right. think that's mm-hmm. I think so. that's what people were connecting with. But I thought he did a great job in the movie. All right, here's uh, Zach Godsigan, and he is from the movie uh, uh, Peanut Butter Falcon. Mm-hmm. Uh, the oh, first I was wondering if that was him. Down him. Syndrome presenter. Uh, I missed this, so I want to check this out. Here we go. He, he and uh, Shia LaBeouf came up together. Short films allow for new voices to be seen and heard without the constraints of budget or permission. And if you haven't seen it, come see it. Bang. Here here are the nominees for best live action short film. That's cool that that he got up there and did that. I was a little impatient. (laughs) Just do it! His uh, movie uh, Honey Boy is now available on Amazon Prime. So that's uh, that's basically a movie that's sort of loosely based on his life, is yes, it not? Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. All right, here is uh, Laura Dern, Best Supporting Actress. She won that last night. Here we go. And you know, some say never meet your heroes. But I say if you're really blessed, you get them as your parents. I share this with my acting heroes, my legends, Diane Ladd and Bruce Dern. I love you. Thank you all for this gift. This is the best birthday present ever. Wow. I love you. She's never won an Oscar before, has she? I think she has been nominated. Okay. Um, but, uh, yeah, so uh, it, was, cool. it was great because both her parents have won. Yeah. I think, yes, absolutely. Uh, Eminem made a surprise appearance last and, night. I mean, this is one of those moments where you're like, where you're saying, <laughs> what, what the F is this? Yeah. Because if you're talking about trying to keep a the broadcast... Fl- moving okay, I get it. Yeah, but I mean, this well, about years a, ago, about a song from this year. What? When did that movie come out? Uh, Eight it's miles? twenty years. Has right? it been that long? So. Yeah, it was. Fun. I, I, I I dig the song. It's I love the one song. Of the few Eminem songs I like. And actually, my son was sitting next to me at that point, and he loves that song. Actually, that we listen to that song uh, pretty much every when I'm driving him to whatever sporting game he's about to play in. To every one of his rap battles. I played that song. It's yeah. like a pump-up song for us. So I, I like that. But it was funny because they did a montage of all these songs that are used in movies. And right. then they showed uh, him pulling up in, like, whatever old car in, in the movie 8 Mile. Right. And they it was sort of a tribute to 8 Mile. Yeah. And, and then they stopped. I was like... Why didn't they play his song at all? And then they went into his live right. performance. So I, there were a lot of people in the audience kind of going, huh? Okay. <laughs> oh, it was weird? Yeah, it seemed weird. Yeah. Hmm. Okay, because on paper it looks cool. No, it is I was cool. reading about it. So. I thought it was cool, but well, I was watching it. And yeah, it I, did, I yeah, haven't yeah. seen it yet, so that's why I'm curious. Yeah. yeah. So I think it's because, Steve, when uh, that song was up for best, and then won best song, right, uh, yeah, yeah. in the Oscars, he chose not to perform it at that particular Oscar. Oh, that's probably it. Okay. All right. 
Uh, here we go. Yeah, oh yeah, they had okay. to bleep out. Well, they didn't bleep out, they just like mute it. Okay. Sounds good. But it, it does. What they do is they need to get somebody who actually knows the song so they don't mute out like 10 seconds, which is what they did. They oh, really yeah. Well, that's like their delay. It's like ours. It, yeah. it is It is a, a beat that just comes out as no sound. Oh, uh, okay. So that was a big surprise performance. One of the musical performances I watched was uh, Adina Menzel uh, doing um, Into the Unknown from uh, the uh, uh, Frozen 2. And uh, the lead-in with Josh Gad, where he goes, uh, and Adina Menzel's name is pronounced exactly the way it is written. Yeah. <laughs> was a nice little had all the actresses from various, uh, I guess, who have dubbed the song yeah, from yeah. around the world. He had were, said how many, how many right. different languages it's been translated into, so they had all the women that actually sang those right. parts sing a line uh, in oh, a different... In a different language, yeah, and uh, they were all great singers, and uh, yeah, it was a pretty cool little moment. Kath, uh, what's that uh, lady's name? Chrissy Metzger. Did you see the her performance? No. All right, so she's the um, she's the bigger woman that's in uh, This oh, Is yeah, Us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So she. Uh, <laughs> wait, what did you say? Bigger. Uh, well, I'm, 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 <laughs> no, I'm, I'm no, trying no. to Actually, be nice with my language. You could just say giant. Yeah, <laughs> giant, huge woman. She is. No. She's a big lady. She's got a, beautiful she's got voice. a great. I, who the hell knew she could sing? Yeah. She sings on the show. She does. does she? Yeah. Um, I guess I don't watch the show. There was one one show in particular where she went to go try out for a wedding band and she didn't get it and she was like, it's because I'm fat, right? And she's like, no. And then he grabs another girl who was auditioning and she had like just an amazing voice. And he's like, you know, go back and, and practice a little bit more and then maybe you could be up to this level. But um, I don't know what song she was singing. I don't know what... It's what... a song from the movie that she was in with a kid... Um... Oh. The kid drowns, he's, yes. and he's, I think, uh, technically dead for like 40 minutes, yeah, 45 like minutes. Story, yeah. It's a true story, and then comes back to life. All right, here is... Uh, Fifty Shades of Dead. We, Fifty Shades of Dead. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Bong Joon, best director, uh, acknowledging Martin Scorsese. Here we go. Thank you so much. When I was young and studying cinema, there was a saying that I carved deep into my heart, which is the most personal is the most creative. <laughs> that quote was from uh, our great Martin Scorsese. So, <laughs> I've, se- I've seen him accept awards a couple times before, and he, he can speak English, but in order to really articulate yeah. how he feels, he likes to go through Trust a him. translator. He speaks Fluent English, Fluent English. <laughs> with a Kensington accent. Wow. And uh, that's why I think it's an affront to us as the viewers that he won't do that. I don't know if you have any audio of this, but my favorite part was Kristen Wiig and Maya Rudolph. 
I, we don't have we don't the audio. Know, it was. They it did was, a singing thing. I saw that. It yeah. was really funny. Like, I wasn't expecting. I know that they're both comedians, but I, I thought it was really, really funny. Yeah. All right. We do have Joaquin Phoenix, though, best actor, and uh, quotes his brother River, yeah, River he, in this uh, speech. He did an extensive thing about uh, being uh, vegan and uh, about um, uh, uh, cow milk and so on and so forth, but this was the touching part of the speech. All right. I just want to. Um, when you. When... When he, when he was when he was when he was seventeen, my brother wrote this lyric. He said, "Run to the rescue with love, and peace will follow." Thank you. Wow. He also pressed and cop to being a prick to work with over the years, and, and changing his tune and being a uh, trying to make a be a better person on set. No, no kidding. kidding. He said wow. he knows he was difficult. He okay. knows he was tough to handle, and he wanted to make amends for that. And be a better person, which I thought was okay. kind of cool. Very good. Uh, Renee Zellweger won the Best Actress Oscar. She had already racked up a few other awards along the way uh, for Judy Garland. And th- well, yes, um, they they said this is the award that she should have received for me, myself, and Irene. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, I saw Judy. I, I thought she did a phenomenal job. I mean, yeah. she's really good. Um, and uh, you know, so she she got up. And it, you got to see her though, because it's funny. As Judy, her eyes are open wider. I believe it, yeah. And and, and for this, yeah, so yeah. <laughs> we're seeing a picture of As Judy, uh, and, um, you know, she's back to her old Renee-ness, but she was good. Here we go. And though Judy Garland did not um, receive this honor in her time, I am certain that this moment is an extension of the celebration of her legacy that began on our film set. Miss um, Garland, you are certainly among the heroes who unite and define us. And this is certainly for you. Thank you so much, everybody. Good night. If you see the movie, and I knew about this, because you know I'm being a, a big fan of Judy Garland for, for years, but they they show the they show that when she was a young girl to keep her in line, the comp the movie company basically had someone who was giving her uppers and downers when she's oh, like wow. when she's like ten, eleven, yeah. twelve. So she couldn't yeah. sleep without so, them. Yeah. And- so Jesus. she became she was. Oh, they basically made her a junkie. Yeah. Uh, and, as a kid. Uh, yeah, as a kid. Wow. All right. Uh, and then one last. This is when they announced uh, Best Picture for Parasite, and Jane Fonda was uh, doing that. It's a five-minute, five-second clip. Here yes, we go. It's quick. Here we go. And the Oscar goes to Parasite. And that was uh, groundbreaking because no foreign language film had won uh, Best Picture before. So I remember, like, uh, the artist was basically silent. Yes, right? Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and, but I, I was trying to think anything close to that, but no, this is the first full yeah, I foreign that... language subtitled film to win. So Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon did not win when it was, uh, out in theaters. What, for Best Picture? Yeah. No. I just, I remember it was liking nominated. it and, and I was like, well, what's so great about it? And, um, I wasn't a massive fan. Yeah. I mean, I enjoyed it, but it wasn't, it didn't, it didn't blow me away. I listen. I, I liked Parasite. I thought it was uh, um, very unique. Yeah. And um, uh, but I, I saw nineteen seventeen yesterday, and that movie was uh, I just riveting. Okay. I, just, I, I thought, and and so the the guy won for best cinematographer. I was talking to Nick Murphy about that. Apparently, that guy I don't know what his name is um, is like world renowned. He's like you know the best but uh the bestest I think he, the he, yeah i think he's the best it says right there bestest cinematographer guy <laughs> um 
But the way that w- it was shot, I just thought it was a masterpiece. I thought uh, directorially it was uh, just amazing. And it just it seemed like it was all one take, right? And I know that there's a couple of tricks that they used in order, obviously. To, to, to No, not 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 puppets, but as far as, like, some transitions were concerned. But, I, I you know, I was, you know, in, just totally engaged the entire time. And so I'm a little bit bummed that that didn't win. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a couple of the other words that weren't mentioned. Uh, so original song was uh, from Rocket Man. I'm going to love me again. Uh, animated short film was Hair Love. Live action short film, The Neighbor's Window. You know, some stuff you've never heard of unless you're a total cinephile. A lot of these, those the short films will go on to be uh, made into feature length full films. Mm. Like, you know, this is um, their first run at it. Jojo Rabbit won the adapted screenplay. Um, and let's see, sound editing, and then you have the technical awards and so on. But, uh, uh, production design was once upon a time in Hollywood. I loved the production design on that. Steve and I were just <sighs> digging on all the old retro stuff they had. Well, the fact that they had entire, I mean, they literally took f- like four blocks, I think, the, of the Sunset Strip and basically retrofitted it so i mean they weren't it wasn't a computer rendering of what it looked like and they were simply driving through they redid the entire area it's pretty amazing yep all right well there you go they're done oscars are over in fact the award ceremony the award season is over and so boring and arduous and we (laughs) loved every second of being bored to death. Next is what, like, the music awards start to pop up, right? Well, we already did the Grammys. Yeah, we already did. Yeah, but, yeah. like, American Music Awards. No, we did. No, did we? Well, didn't, is wow. that where Taylor Swift got the 10-year uh, award? Yeah, I think that I was. I don't know. And we're done. Oh, thank God. <laughs> I think well, no, wait, wait a second. What about the Razzies? Well, you know what? I have not seen the list of Razzies. I know the nominees. They come are... out the day before, right? Cats was a big Razzies nominee. And right. what else? We got to do some research. Oh. We got to take a break because uh, Rob McElhinney's on in five minutes. What? The Anatomy Awards. The Anatomy. <laughs> Mr. Skin. <laughs> what the hell's going on? Let's we're going right. to get to the bottom We're going to get to the bottom of this. We're going to take a break, get to the bottom of this. When we return, <laughs> our friend uh, Rob McElhinney will be on the program. And we also have some cash that we're going to give away with the Watch, Listen, and Win with Dr. Oz and a few other things, too. Stay with us. We'll be back in just a little bit. The Preston and Steve Show Podcast. 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks. Thank you very much, Kathy. We are awaiting a call from our friend, uh, Mr. Rob McElhenney. Uh, Marissa was in touch with him. He'll be uh, popping on in a little bit. Uh, just a reminder that we are, we're looking for anybody who's interested in having the first kiss ever and doing it on the President and Steve show. I'm talking about an adult who, for one reason or another, life has let it get past them. They've never gotten around and never kissed anybody. We can make that happen, and uh, we'll do it. And Steven Singer said he'd offer up a gold rose. Too. Nice. Uh, but, uh, you know... We'd like to see if maybe just that one little obstacle is keeping you from going down the path to maybe finding that person in your life. We want to take a, a sweet moment uh, for you and exploit it. Of course. If we could do that we've for been, our own benefit. We've been doing it for decades. But we're yeah. being honest about that. Yep, yep. And we can make something magical that you'll remember uh, forever and uh, that will just be a passing few minutes for us. So if you can uh, email Marissa with your information, maybe you'll end up in the studio on Friday. Marissa at WMMR.com, by the way. All right, uh, he's standing by. He's ready to go. A new show called Mythic Quest Raven's Banquet has premiered on Apple TV+. Plus. Yeah, it's really good. 
Is, or is it the premiere this Friday? You guys have already been watching. Yes, yes. yeah, yeah. It's all available Friday. now. Yep, every bit of it, the whole season. All of it. Love it. Excellent. Uh, please welcome Mr. Rob McElhenney to yeah. the program. Hey, Rob. Good morning, everybody. How are you? We're good, man. How you doing? Oh, I'm so happy. So happy. <laughs> so happy. Yes. Just with the new show and everything, or just in general? Yeah, yeah. we got a very uh, warm and welcome reception. It seems like uh, people are really digging the show. That feels good. Well, as well they should. And uh, as a gamer, and I had no idea what a, uh, a gaming fan you were, um, you, everything is pitch perfect because I, uh, you know, I'm on sites like uh, IGN and all these nerdy uh, game sites. And um, yeah, it's 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 really cool. I could see though where you might be worried because you come out of the gate and it's it, it is this too, um, you know, hyper focused in the in the audience. But it plays whether you know gaming or not it, because the ensemble is so damn good. How long did it take you to get everybody together the way you wanted them, Rob? Yeah, that that was really the most important part. We 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 bifurcated like right from the very beginning. We bifurcated the uh, the writers' room, so half the room were hardcore gamers, either people uh, who who play games uh, many hours a day or actually worked in a game development studio at one point in their lives, and the other half have never played a video game in their lives. It's perfect, and that yeah, that was important to us because I wanted to make sure. And I honestly, I kind of feel. Uh, I felt uh, uh, that I landed like right in the middle of those two, of those two <laughs> parties because, you know, I, I grew up playing games and I love playing games, but it's not something that I wouldn't consider myself a gamer. And I wanted to make sure that, that anybody who was watching the show could just drop right in. Yeah, there's I mean, I, I know what you're talking about, because there are points in both President and I and, and I've had them where you start playing a game and then the sun's rising and then you're like, dear yeah. God. But those times tend to go away as you, I don't know, do things like pay your bills and talk to your wife and, and life get, you know, diminishes that. But as far as, as this realm of video games and at this level, and you make the point in the, uh, in the show, in the opening episode, just how lucrative this is and how much money we're talking about. So, uh, and you went, I guess you had been at, um, is it Ubisoft or Ubisoft? I always mispronounce it. They, uh, but they say the same thing. Okay. They, they, they pronounce it both both ways, Ubisoft and Ubisoft, because it's a French company. Okay, so it's a great it's a great video game company, and they're they're terrific. Some of our uh, my favorite titles. You were there, I guess, on a visit, and this is when you got the notion to do the show, correct? Uh, well, they they approached us. So, oh, really? Uh, yeah, they came to me and said, "Hey, we're big fans of Sunny. We're interested in doing a, a, a game in the in this industry. Are you interested?" And I said, "No, thank you. <laughs> I have a job. I'm, I'm good." And they said, "Hey, will you will you come up to Montreal and uh, and meet some of the you know people walk around in uh, in in the studio and, and and meet some of the devs?" And and that's what I did. I figured it was a free trip to Montreal, and I'd never been to Montreal and. I just scheduled it to be a couple of days so I could go out drinking and have a good time and uh, spent, wound up spending two full days there. And I think within the first 10 minutes, I knew that we had a show. Wow. That's cool. Just because yeah. of the oddball characters or what, what brought it? Well, I, I walked in and one of the first people I saw is, is, is kind of, uh, you know, the character that I, that I created of the of the lead creative director sort of an amalgam of a bunch of different uh of a bunch of different guys but one of the first people i met he was bedazzled he was all in black <laughs> had these uh these cowboy boots on he was covered in rings he had this like long glorious man bun 
uh, or a long glorious hair that he put up into a man bun, and he had a cane, right? And he was walking with a cane, but I swear he was like 35 years old. And I'm like, why is he walking with a cane? There was no no discernible limb. And I realized it was just like an accoutrement. Okay. He will prop a pompous little thing. Yeah. Yeah, and he comes walking towards me, and I say, hey, man, how's How's it going? He's like, good, good. I said, uh, what do you do? He said, I'm, I'm a creative director. I had no idea what a creative director was. And I said, oh, what does a creative director do? And he sort of looked off into the distance, and then he looked back, and he said, brother, I build worlds. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. Was, oh, uh, hey, um, Mr. Creative Director, can you excuse me for one second? And I went outside, and I called Char- Charlie, and I was like, Buddy, we got to do a show about Oh, excellent. <laughs> well, it's the ultimate sort excellent. of um, meeting of, uh, so you have people who are code writers and you have people who are, who've just, you know, always been at the computer blending with people who create worlds and blending with people who have to monetize these things and blending with um, the story writers and people who normally would not have to, in the real world, probably not synchronize for any other reason but in, in the gaming world, they're all necessary components. and that that's abs- Yeah, that's absolutely right. And look, for as much as I make fun of some of the creative directors, the truth of the matter is they really are, I mean, you can't say it out loud, but they truly are building worlds. <laughs> yeah. And they're building worlds that, that millions, if not billions of people across the globe are, are jumping into um, from a virtual reality perspective and spending hours and hours and hours not only playing, but communing with other people from all over the world. I mean, it really is an incredible job. And I, one of the points that's made very early on is that, uh, and th- by the way, this is a true stat. And I, and th- I don't know if, this, if you guys are aware of this, but it, it'll blow you away. You're happy to look it up. Um, you're welcome to look it up. So Grand Theft Auto, you, everybody knows Grand Theft Auto, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. At least heard of it. Okay. So Grand Theft Auto, as a franchise, has made more money than Star Wars. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Wow. More money than Star Wars. That's including that's including all the merchandising. That's unbelievable. Grand Theft Auto as a series has made more money than Pixar, the entire studio, sold to Disney. Wow. I think, Rob, there was a stat, and we Jeez. reported on it, because, you know, uh, we, 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 are, we are gamers, uh, most of us. Uh, th- I think it was one of the Halos, or perhaps one of the Call of Duties, was the, the most purchased form of entertainment in one day in the history of the world like like yes. so i mean on yeah. that level so that's why the, the um this whole process and again with the show uh which well, and you're you're working on what is it like a massive multiplayer uh online game uh, which is you know speaks like world of warcraft or things of that nature and uh and it's and so anyone even if you dabble or if you have a kid who dabbles um, yep. you, you can definitely tie into it. I want to, uh, Nick, I know you have a question, so you go first, I'll follow. Well, I'm, I'm not a gamer, and I still love this show. And, and so, to me, it just shows that it doesn't matter if you're a gamer or not. Because yeah. for me, Rob, um, it, and Steve mentioned it earlier, but the supporting cast is, is phenomenal. F. Murray Abraham and Danny Pudi. But I love this actress that you have. Uh, her name is Jessie Ennis on the show, and she's been in a, a TV show called Love. She was in Better Call Saul. Uh, how did you find her? Did you know her beforehand? No, no. In fact, um, in fact, that character did not exist in the original script that Charlie Meg and I wrote. She, Jesse, came in and read for like four different characters because we knew she, as soon as she walked in, we knew she was funny. But she just it wasn't quite right for any of the characters, and so we sat down and we're like, "Well, 
we have enough experience to know that just because you wrote something doesn't mean that it that it's going to work and you got when you find somebody super talented you better make it work so we literally just created that character uh, after we met her it was written for her even though she came in and read for for other characters and we we sort of did that with a number of different uh people but yeah she's a lunatic i mean she plays a psychotic like like, <laughs> yeah. like a psychotic individual and in fact in a lot of ways her uh, and 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 Murray's character uh, CW are the closest uh, things that we have to Sunny characters. Yeah. On, on so F Murray Abraham, uh, how cool is it to have him as he is? He's the um, he's the writer of the stories. Uh, he he is um, pompous. He's, he's pompous. He's actually living, <laughs> though refuses to admit he's living in the offices there. Uh, and uh, but to you're you're with freaking F Murray Abraham. How how fun is that to be with this guy? Yeah, so he's he the the character of CW. Um so I spent a lot of time hanging out with George R. R. Martin over the years just uh-huh. because of uh, friends with uh, D- Dave and Dan from Game of Thrones. Yeah. And so uh, as many of you know, uh, George wrote the Game of Thrones series and he's all, he's just a very sweet guy. So this isn't really based on on George, but we were thinking like Charlie and I were joking, what would have happened to George uh or or Ray Bradbury or someone of that ilk? Uh, had they have come out in the 60s or 70s, written like a smash hit, something that was critically and commercially accepted, uh, loved, beloved in the science fiction milieu, and then uh, won a bunch of awards, and then he promptly just blew everything up his nose and drank himself. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. To the point where he doesn't even remember whole decades. Okay. (laughs) But he lived through it, like Keith Richards, Mm -hmm. right? And so... And so what would happen if he had all this, like, talent, but now he just ruined his shot? Uh, and where would he be working now? Well, we realized, like, because of the size and scale of the video game industry, uh, from a science fiction perspective, perspective, what if he was working in this industry? And yet he really is a stranger in a strange land because he doesn't understand gaming. What he knows is story. And some of these games, the stories themselves are just so... Uh, unbelievably engaging and, and, and articulate that um, this would be something he'd be into. Now I haven't I haven't seen I don't I don't have the uh, uh, the, the format yet the uh, the Apple TV Plus I'm going to get it and I'm going to watch this. But does his character hate the fact that he's in that position right now? No. Well, okay. He he, he certainly doesn't turn his nose down to it. Um, he recognizes w- w- the thing that drives him insane is when. Uh, we have other other characters like monetization p- experts, and his job, uh, as played by Danny Pudi, his his job is just to make money. That's all he cares about. Uh, and they're in a constant fight because, from from CW's perspective, Murray's perspective, uh, it's all about the story. Everything is the story. It's the most important part. And and, and to the monetization, uh, D- Danny's character, from his point of view, it's, it's just about the money. And and so you have a lot of these uh, disparate characters and personalities that all go into making these video games. And the truth is that everybody is important, and everybody is at the top of their game, and everybody uh, is, is egomaniac to a certain degree. And so they're constantly at war with each other. One of the things the show does really well is it, it points up the importance of uh, influencers with uh, vi- the video game world. And you have a character named Pooty Shoe, <laughs> who is this uh, this little kid who's yeah. clearly paying his parents' mortgage. And he's online with his gamer chair, and he's uh, the, the, you know the the, the uh, success of Mythic Quest will live and die by his thumbs up or thumbs down. But uh, the kid is great. Who who who's who's the kid playing? Uh, 
Pooty so Show? Yes. So his name is Elisha uh, Henning, and we were uh, – first of all, that, that's based in reality. I mean, we didn't make that up. No, I know. There's a whole bunch yeah. of guys like that. Yeah, so you have this, like, massive, massive industry. I mean, truly a ma- an industry that dwarfs the traditional entertainment industry by billions of dollars each year. And it's all resting on the shoulders of these YouTube influencers. Uh, and we all like to think, we all like to pat ourselves on the back and talk about how big our industry is. You know, ooh, look, five million people watched Sunny last year. Um, or, you know, we have, this movie made $100 million this year. And meanwhile, these YouTube influencers truly have 25, 35 million views a week. Yeah, it's crazy. And I, I like how you lampoon him because, uh, you know, his like contemporary is a guy named, I think it's a laugh out loud <laughs> and how important these guys really think they are. <laughs> and, uh, he's yeah. like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Absolutely. And, and, it, and it's such, it's such an important gig and they really have to cater to and, and oftentimes pander to 14 year olds. And when you have a couple of billion dollars resting on those shoulders, you better believe that they will cater to them. Uh, Rob, I made it uh, up past uh, episode uh, Dark Quiet Death, and uh, I was talking to a friend of mine. Her name's Alyssa, who was friends with your sister, Katie. And uh, and what was weird, at the end of the episode, I thought that the writing credit was said Caitlin McElhenney, and I thought that was weird because I thought your wife's last name is Olson, and professionally it was. And then I, I realized um, after talking to Alyssa last night that your sister wrote that episode, and... I thought that was a beautiful. I, listen, I know it's a, this is a funny show, but I thought that was a beautiful episode. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, look, I've been trying, I've been begging my sister to come on to our writing staff uh, on Sunny for for a decade. She's without a doubt the funniest member of our family, uh, and um, she just like was has been blowing me off forever, and just has no interest in TV. Doesn't even like TV that much. Oh, there you go. <laughs> and so finally, I was like, okay, we got a new show. Maybe you can come in and help us out with it. And she said, I don't know. She was, she's like, I don't work well with others. And <laughs> you know, you're in a writer's room, and I don't know if it's going to work. And she came in, and she just had an absolute blast. So, um, you know, for me, it was like, it, first of all, having a family affair, as you guys know, uh, has always been important to me. My brother Patrick has worked on right. and worked with me for years. Uh, and so now this is just an opportunity to extend that. And people are like, oh, isn't it nice that you gave your little sister a job? I'm like, Brother, you have no idea how badly I have been begging her, how much I've been begging her to come work with us because she has been so additive to the to the process for in, in so many ways. So, not only did she write that episode, but you know the way the writers' room works is that you're there all day, every day. So right. She she has a hand in breaking um, half the season last year, and then on top of that. She's in our writer's room on Sunny now, so I got her. I got my hooks in her. Well, as, uh, and honestly, from the, the, the way the, the show is, is playing so far, uh, being a couple of episodes into it, um, it you, you do get that entertainment. You do get the, the ensemble, as I said before. But as a gamer, I, I do enjoy the peek behind the curtain. And, um, like for example, I never knew there was a technical term for, what is it? It's TTP, at time to penis, correct? Yeah. Can you explain yeah. what that is? Because I've always known of the existence. <laughs> I never knew it had an actual classification. Yeah, so lest you think we're getting too highbrow with, <laughs> right. uh, with this show, um, we, we, we have a lot of sunny influence in there as well. Uh, obviously, it's, it's myself, uh, Charlie is one of the co-creators, David Hornsby, who plays cricket, he's an EP, and Megan Gantz, who's one of our showrunners on Sunny. So we, we still have a lot of sunny-esque humor in there. 
So one of the things that we were, we were told by the gaming studio, Ubisoft, that there is a real thing called TTP. And we were like, what is TTP? They say time to penis. We're like, that sounds right up our alley. Explain that to us, please. And they said it's when you put a new item into a game, whether it be uh, some sort of world-building mechanic, meaning like uh, something you can build or something you can dig with. In this case, it's a shovel. Uh, in whether it's like snow prints or something like that, um, how long it takes for the for the gaming audience to build and make penises? <laughs> <laughs> and we're like, that is the most that is the most juvenile, dumbest thing we have ever heard. And they're like, no, it's a real thing. It's a real problem. Like we have to go. And they like monitor it. How long does it take? And I think the, uh, in Red Dead Redemption 2 last year, which was one of the biggest games of uh, two years ago, yeah. one of the biggest uh, games in the world, um, they had this world-building mechanic where you could go out with your horse and you could ride through the snow into the, into the plains, and it was just, like, supposed to be fun. Well, what people were doing were just going out to the snow and riding around in the shape of penis. penis. And they said, what was the TTP? Four minutes. Four, four minutes? minutes four from the minutes. Yeah. Four minutes from the time the game was released to the time they went to YouTube and found these... <laughs> I can't believe I'm moving. That's awesome. <laughs> Hell, I, I, mean, you know, look, I can't I say I wouldn't do that. Yeah, I'm now in my 40s, all right? Yeah. And yet I still... And by the way, so are you. So are you all. Yeah, all at laugh. least. I mean, yeah, I'm old, yeah. Well, it's so, still funny. So, Rob, I wanted to ask you, because I, I saw you on Colbert last week, which was really cool, and it was the first time I think you had ever done uh, Late Night TV with, with just you. It didn't have anybody else from, from Sunny on with you promoting Mythic Quest. Um, and uh, you've been doing It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia for 14 years, right? 14 seasons. Um, Correct. And as a result, we've known you for a long time, which is really cool for us. Uh, but it seemed to me like Stephen Colbert and maybe the audience, the watching audience, the viewing audience, was people are still getting to know you. Do you think that that's the case? Well, you know, I, I, I ne- I've never done any of those talk shows, um, and uh, I managed to avoid them for a long time. And look, the, the truth of the matter is um, that in the beginning, like I really have a chip on my shoulder that I'm, I, it took me a while, and it's taking me a while to, 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 to knock it off, but maybe this is just a Philly in me. When, when, in the beginning, when we were first coming out, um, we desperately needed to spread the word, right? And you guys were there from the very beginning, as I recall. Um, and, and I remember having you guys having me on, I mean, I think after we released the, the first seven episodes or at least even the first episode, yeah. and I remember desperately trying to get on to Letterman and Leno, that's, or maybe it was Jack Parr. It was like uh, <laughs> all the way back to Jack Parr. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't, I can't remember. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, but, but we would like desperately try to get on these shows and they were like, no, 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 we don't know who these people are. We don't know who these people are. And then. Years went by, and all of a sudden, Sonny starts to hit in you know, season six, season seven, and then we started getting the calls. Hey, we'd love to have everybody on. And we realized, well, now, you know, as the talk shows were starting to decline and we were becoming more successful, now they wanted us on. And it always felt like, wait, so you weren't going to help support us when we needed you. Right. Now you need us, but our presence on your show helps you. Mm-hmm. So... I just, everybody else was like, ah, who cares? And I kind of just, I just harbored this resentment. I can for see so that. Long. That's yeah. a, definitely yeah. a Philly thing. Uh, but, but I also, I also understand, but it, you know, and the truth of the matter is that's the way show business has always worked, you know, sure. and you, you, you well know that, but I could see, yeah, you, you have something that you believe in. And, and, uh, 
I, I think you held the chip just about the right amount of time. Because, well, and yeah. look, the truth of the matter is beyond that, it's they're nerve-wracking. Yeah. Because you know you have millions and millions and millions of people watching you, and it's not like you're on uh, you, 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 on Sunny. I can I'm in the editing room, so I can right. change and fix, and I get 15 takes. But but you know you're in front of a live audience. I don't really do a lot of live audience work, and then you know it's blasting out. You know you have family members watching and friends watching and things like that. So you get very nervous. So. My feeling was like, ah, maybe I just uh, pulled off on it. And <laughs> finally, I, I, I decided to go back. Yeah. Obviously, you have uh, Philadelphia Pride. Um, it shows in everything you do. Super Bowl, Eagles, the name of your other show. Um, I don't know if you still have, like, high school pride in, uh, in St. Joe's Prep. And if you do, did you guys do uh, Night of Scenes uh, when you were at school? Um, because they just did that uh, this past weekend. My nephew was a part of it. Uh, and I wasn't sure if that was something that you did when you were in school there. No, I didn't. Well, first of all, I I, I do have a tremendous amount of pride in my in my high school. I, I talk about it uh, quite a bit as being um, a seminal experience in my formative years, and I I love my school. Um, but no, I I started doing plays in high school, and really it was like the springboard to a career uh, because I was such a terrible athlete, like awful, and I tried everything, and I would just get I would just get my ass kicked like all the time uh, in every single sport. And then I still didn't really necessarily have any interest in theater, except when we got a call one day over the loudspeaker that uh, Notre Dame, uh, which was one of our sister schools, needed boys for their plays. And I thought, huh. So wait a second. I get to leave school early. I get to go to Notre Dame and be the only boy in the school. I'm going to try that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Dip my toe so in the water. Really got, yeah, that's really what got me into it. And then I was like, well, I don't care about this play, but I just get to be, I just get to meet girls. And then Murray and Mercy needed, uh, needed boys and Gwen and Mercy needed boys. And next thing I know, I'm doing play after play after play after play uh, because it turned out that I really had uh, a ton of fun. But that was, so I would do a play at the prep. That's all, boys. I didn't care. <laughs> and here you, here, and look where you are right now. I wanted to ask you about working with uh, with Apple and um, oh, the other shows that you know they have. Uh, M Night Shyamalan's a Servant and a, a Morning Show and and um, uh, the, the other projects. And everyone who's working with them say they're just phenomenal. Basically, you know, turnkey. Here's the money. Have at it. Has that been your experience? Yes, it has. Um, I mean, truly. And this is not just me pandering or being a company man. I, I, they, they have let us do exactly what, he, what we wanted to do. I mean, the show you're seeing, uh, much like FX, you know, from the very beginning, they said, hey, look, they're, they're putting millions of dollars into this thing, so they're going to have opinions. Yeah. But when push comes to the shove, they always let us do what we want to do. And that's, that's be not cool. to say that there hasn't been, um, you know, some, some rocky – I mean, they're essentially a startup, which is really funny. They're a trillion-dollar startup <laughs> yeah. because this is <laughs> – because this is something new that they're doing, right? So, so uh, to launch not only all these shows, but then an entire streaming platform is always going to come with this, with, with some bumps in the road. Uh, but I think they've really done an, an amazing job. Amazing job. Um, I had no idea what a, a decent singer and guitar player you were, and then uh, Instagram showed me that over the last couple of months. Is that um, is that something n- new that you've brought to your your repertoire, and, and we're going to be able to see more of that? <laughs> Seriously, it's it's hilarious stuff. I, 
I have gotten more. I've gotten a better response on the video that I made with my wife and put up on Instagram. Oh, it's great! It's great. In like four minutes, like I literally, we didn't even think about it. We were like, "Oh, this would be funny. Let's just do this real quick." Put that up there. I I think that has like. I don't know, 700,000 views or something, and I've gotten more of a response on that than any show I've ever made. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I've, I've, been, I've been playing guitar um, poorly for a while. Um, my problem was I learned how to play when I had an old roommate who was right-handed. So all the guitars he had were right-handed, and I'm left-handed. Oh, no. And so I had to learn how to play right-handed, and I think that's probably why I'm... I'm so bad, but I'm good enough to play the friend theme song. So. Oh my god! <laughs> so you can play the guitar on the wrong hand better than I can play on my right hand, is what you're telling me? I suppose so. I mean, I, 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 I guess that's what this entire interview has been about—just make, making you feel uh, humiliated. <laughs> Inferior, well, yeah, I, yeah. I, I always feel inadequate when I talk to you. Uh, hey, listen, we also, Rob, you and I—we ha- we both have uh, Bernadoodles. So I have a Bernadoodle named Reggie, a uh. uh, dude. He's the best, and clearly, I have two dogs, and he's my favorite, and I have no problem saying that because the other one has no idea. But I wanted to know if your Bernadoodle is as dumb and clunky as mine is. He's just such an oaf. He has no idea how big he is. I'll tell you what. He's definitely clunky, but he is he is smart. Like, yeah. I look into his – okay, so we, the other dog, I'm looking at him right now, so they know I'm talking about him. <laughs> the other dog is a French bulldog, right? And this one is a moron, and I love <laughs> I love this dog, but you look into his eyes and you see, you stare into the into the, the abyss. abyss. Oh, into the abyss of ignorance. He is just, I mean, happy, real happy, but I mean, just an just an idiot. And uh, I look into Simon's eyes, the Bernadoodle, and I see a human being. I think there's a human being behind those eyes. They look like they. He looks. He looks cognizant, like he knows he he's looking back into my soul and wondering if I'm as smart as he is. Wow. From, from what we understand, he he also has a deal with Apple Plus. So, yeah. uh, um, Let me tell you something. He is the workingest dog in Hollywood. We got a call one time from his trainer saying, "Hey, would you mind if I put him up to a um, for a commercial?" And we were like, "Oh, sure, whatever." Next thing you know, he's working more than Caitlin. Super <laughs> <laughs> commercial. He did a he did a commercial for Allstate Insurance. I mean, he's working. Nuts. Wow. Well, I mean, if if I may, how uh, is that fairly lucrative? <clears throat> Honestly, we uh, we donate all the money. Um, so it, basically, we give fifty percent to the trainer and then fifty uh, percent to the ASPCA. So oh. we never actually see that money, but it's very um, nice. But, yeah, we're happy to we're happy to get him out of the house for a week, and then he also comes back so incredibly well trained for another oh, six man. months. I am so jealous because because uh, your Bernadoodle is tricolored, mine's only bicolored. Um, That's one more thing. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm so inadequate, yeah. man. You're actually now. It's embarrassing when you start to look for ways to be inadequate. <laughs> just let them come nonchalantly. It's a little yeah. more. I wanted to ask you, Rob, just quickly uh, because of the, uh, the 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 sort of cutscenes that you use in and out of the the scenes in. Um, Mythic Quest is is uh, Ubisoft providing those as well because they they look very um, Assassin's Creedish. They look really well yeah. rendered. Is that, are they doing that? Yeah, so, uh, some yes. Yeah. So we wanted to make sure right from the very beginning that um, it was clear uh, when when we did come back to them and say, okay, we were interested in making a, a game that we weren't going to do a commercial for Ubisoft. Right. That was <laughs> yeah. important to us, right? Like, and we also wanted to present. The industry uh, in all its glory, but then in, in we wanted to present some of the negative aspects too. So that is something we jump into, which is like 
gender disparity and 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 the toxicity of some of the environment and, and Nazis being a fan of your game. <laughs> not and, and yeah, absolutely something we struggle with with, with Sonny as well. <laughs> as memes and such, but 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 and and Ubisoft was a hundred percent in favor of that. And one of those things was making sure that we weren't just using Ubisoft games. And they were down. They were down right from the very beginning. That's the cool. Issue was because we were. Because we were a new show and nobody had seen it or heard of it, um, a lot of studios were reticent at first to allow us to use some of their their games because they just wanted to make sure. I mean, look, the truth of the matter is over the last 15, 20 years, anything you've seen in popular culture has presented the industry in a pretty negative light, uh, specifically gamers themselves. And we just did not want to do that. We wanted to make something that celebrated the industry. But they didn't know that. So they were a little nervous. So we had a couple of games um, that a couple of studios, Rockstar, Ubisoft, um, and a couple of games like uh, Red Dead and then Assassin's Creed, and then uh, some other games um, outside of the Ubisoft Uber uh, that allowed us to use their their uh, their stuff. And I'm hoping. Now that it's out and people can see it, we'll, we'll get a lot more of that next year. Excellent. Uh, Rob, I want to mention this before we wrap. The uh, Cora for Kids Golf Classic is coming up this year. It's going to be at uh, Philadelphia Cricket Club, and that uh, registration is available now. We've got the information up, so uh, excited to do that. And Any idea if you'll be in for that event or not I'm, at this I'm, point? I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to make it happen this year in some okay. way. I mean, I've heard, first of all, I was so bummed I couldn't make it last year, and I heard it was incredible. I mean, that golf course is legit. So oh, yeah, I, yeah, it's the real deal. I, I was hosting it, and and man, that is freaking beautiful. Yep. However, I did drive up the wrong street and believe I was on a golf cart. Uh, <laughs> uh, but 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 I'm like, oh my god, this once looks you, like Hogsworth. Once you found your way, <laughs> yes. Once yeah. I took out a few players, it's, yeah. And it's a Monday this year once play? again. Oh, I didn't play. No, I'm a horrible player, but I hosted like a mofo. Oh, good. Yeah, good. Yeah, and it yeah. sounds like you, you, you got into the uh, into the booze a little bit, which is fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, so we got that information up. And, uh, yeah, uh, leading up to that, I'm sure we'll get in touch with you once again and find out what your, your status is of stopping in for that event. Yes, please. Well, look, I really appreciate all the support over the years, specifically this year. You guys are always the best, and, 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 and thank you so much. It feels awesome to be you know, a part of uh, the number one, the number one show in the city of uh, of my birth, and and uh, it's really important to me that uh, that uh, you guys continue to support me, and I'll I'll continue to support you. Thank Our you. pleasure, and congratulations yeah. on a, on a hit. Yeah, man, way to go. Let's hear it for him, Rob. Good to talk to you, man. Talk to you soon. Mythic Quest. It is out as we speak on uh, Apple TV Plus. We'll talk to you soon, brother. All right. That's good. Thank you. All right. Take Bye. care. And uh, yeah, that's uh, that's phenomenal, man. Um, so he is saying that he's going to be at that uh, golf classic. If you want to get the information, it's available at, uh, WMMR.com. Click on events, I guess, Nick, or if not, just email it to me and I'll get it to you, but it's choruservices.org. And, um, and thanks to Helene, she puts on a great show every year and it's a risk Steve, you were a part of, I mean, we've done it for years, but it'd be so cool if Rob's able to make it out this year. Yep, absolutely. All right. Uh, something I'd like to do right now before we wrap, I want to ask you a question about Dr. Oz. $500 to give away. So here we go. Last Friday's show, Dr. Oz welcomed celebrity superfan Tia Mowry, who co-hosted the show with him. And I'm going to give you a multiple choice. We'll start with caller number 10, okay? What guilt-free dessert did she make that even Dr. Oz approved of? Was it A, very good fruit tart, B, nutty and nice fudge bar, or C, a microwave mug cake. And just remember it's for 500 bucks. Yeah. 
215-263-WMMR. We'll take the 10th caller start there and see if we can get a correct answer. So we're going to take a quick break, and we'll come back in a second. Bizarre file stories on the way as well. Stay with us. Preston and Steve's Cardboard Classic from 93.3 WMMR and Pacifico Beer. Friday, March 6th at Jack Frost Mountain, where the snow comes first. The sled-deemed Best Design scores a $2,000 cash prize. The Best Live Live Anchors Up theme scores $500 and beer for a year from Pacifico. Sprint has $500 for the fastest sled. There's $300 for the coolest Jose Cuervo-themed sled. And somewhat of a gag gift for Preston and Steve's favorite fail. Mandatory sled registration through March 1st at WMMR.com. For the MMR VIP lift ticket pre-sale, the sooner you buy, the less you pay. Through February 23rd, lift tickets are just 10 bucks. While supplies last at WMMR.com. Preston and Steve's Cardboard Classic at Jack Frost Mountain. Sponsored by Chorus Photography and Sprint. Brighter future for all. 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks. Cold, cold, cold. KGL been on MMR, and it is going to be cold by the time we get to Friday. Like, the high's going to barely get up into the 30s. Um, but we'll have sunshine, you know. <laughs> In the meantime, we've just got clouds. You to have hard It's just the stuff. I mean, yeah. it's, it's the way it's always been this entire season. It's the moment it, it the, the sun comes out, it gets freezing cold. And then otherwise, you've got hmm. this gray stuff and warm temperatures. But... Whatever, man. I'm glad they sealed up the plastic so we can't see. At In all. fact, they sealed it up more than it's ever been sealed. I know. It was like We hanging. don't even have a hole to look out. I yeah. got a little light in there, and then they came in and sealed it. Yeah, we can't see out <laughs> our window. Uh, let's Soon. take a look at NJM Insurance Group traffic. So what's going on, Kat? We've got ramp restrictions on 95 northbound, the on-ramp to 95 north. Uh, right at the Walt Whitman Bridge, a disabled tractor trailer in the left lane. South on 95, heavy bridge through to Girard. Uh, once you get to the Vine, westbound slowing broad to the Schuylkill, eastbound for the Ben Franklin Parkway to Broad Street. Uh, Blue Route in both directions, slowing media to Route 1. Schuylkill Expressway eastbound backing up from the Blue Route into Belmont. It's heavy the boulevard into Spring Garden, westbound side. Slowing Vare Avenue to South Street, Jam City to Belmont. Slowing again the Blue Route out to King of Prussia. 55 northbound, heavy Deptford to the 42 freeway. This traffic report brought to you by Whole Foods Market of Valentine. For Prime members, get a double dozen bunch of roses at Whole Foods Market for only $19.99, February 7th through February 14th. While supplies last, find more deals on the Whole Foods Market app. And that's your traffic on 93.3 WMMR. Now, Bizarre. WMMR presents Kristen and Steve's Bizarre Files. All right, we're going to do, we're going to pause the Bizarre Fight. Thank you, because I forgot to go to these callers and get our winner for the Dr. Oz Prize. Oh, what so, the f- I know, I know, we, we got to do that. We absolutely, we're looking for the 10th caller, and we need the answer to this question. On last Friday's show, Dr. Oz welcomed, welcomed celebrity superfan Tia Mowry, who co-hosted the show with him. What guilt-free dessert did she make that even Dr. Oz approved of? Hmm. Mm. Tenth caller is Dan. I'm going to ask him for the answer. Hey, Dan, how you doing? Hey, guys. Good morning. Good morning. All right, Dan, do me a favor. Tell me what that guilt-free dessert was that she that he approved of. Was it the lemon mug cake? Yeah, the microwave oh. mug cake. Of course she approves of lemon mug cake. Dan, nice work. And we are going to give you a $500 Amex gift card. All right, brother? 
That's great. Did I also win tickets to Hershey Park? Yeah. <laughs> Whatever you want, Dan. We want Actually, those Actually, it's the auto show prize package. <laughs> Hang on. We're going to get your information, and uh, we're going to set you up. And don't forget that we're going to do this again tomorrow. You get a daily dose of Dr. Oz. Each day, Dr. Oz offers health tips, true crime stories, food investigations, celebrity interviews. You can watch the show weekdays at 2 on Fox 29. So tomorrow, uh, which we'll, we'll be asking a question about today's show. Today, Joey Buttafuoco exclusive. All right. Life after infamy and the childhood drug abuse that still haunts him. So Joey on Dr. Oz. Joey Buttafuoco. There you Can't go. wait for that one. Exactly. So we'll have a question about that tomorrow. All right, back to the bizarre file. What the hell happened? Do I have a sponsor? No. All right, let me get right into this story. Uh, a Florida teacher is facing felony drug charges after police say she tried to buy methamphetamine while she was teaching. Hey, does anyone have any meth? Valerie Lee <laughs> Prince, a first-grade teacher at Jacksonville Heights Elementary School, was in contact with an undercover officer, an audio recording, revealed a woman talking to an officer about buying an $85 eight ball or an eighth of an ounce of methamphetamine. The kids are being a real drag today. The woman identified as Prince is heard telling the undercover undercover officer he can come to the school, he can be there before kids arrive at 8.30 a.m. or during her lunch break at 11 a.m. According to the officer, it was a pretty nonchalant request, and the indication was that it was no big deal to the suspect. I'm reading Charlotte's Web to them today, and I really want to put a lot into the performance. The teacher intended to leave the classroom of first graders to buy the narcotics, use some, and save the rest for her boyfriend. No, that's very nice. Uh, She was charged with possession of methamphetamine. (laughs) That's a good teacher. Jesus. A seafood salesman has been found guilty of smuggling more than uh, almost, it's near $100 million worth of endangered live eels out of the U.K. Wow. Yeah. $100 million? Gilbert Koo transported the rare elvers from London to Hong Kong hidden underneath other fish between 2015 and 2017. He was caught after Border Force authorities found 200 kilograms of the European glass eels, which are critically endangered at Heathrow Airport in the first seizure of its kind in the U.K. Koo, who was found guilty of three counts of failure to notify movement of animals and three counts of evasion of the export of goods, uh, is being held. He kept the live eels imported from countries within the EU in a barn in uh, uh, Gloucestershire, uh, before repackaging them to be exported to Asia. Eels fetch more than 10 times the price they would in the U.K. on the East Asian black market, where they are considered a delicacy and are in high demand, apparently. That's an insane amount of money. Yeah, it says nearly $100 million worth of eels. That's Unbelievable. crazy. Unbelievable. Yeah. A high school student was seriously burned in the middle of school. She says a classmate set her pants on fire for no reason. And now that other student, 18-year-old Andre Allen, is facing serious charges. The old set-the-pants-on-fire gag. Yeah, the victim was inside Perry Traditional Academy in Pittsburgh when the unprovoked attack happened. She was treated for second-degree burns to her knee. Jeez. Allen had a lighter and was walking down the hallway. The other student was actually talking to the assistant principal when police (laughs) said Allen bent down and lit her pants on fire. She's talking to the assistant principal at the time? Yeah, yeah. The principal helped the victim actually put the fire out, but the damage had been done. School police said Allen lit the student's frayed jeans on her right knee. We used to do that. Yeah. Yeah. 
and uh, she was treated for second-degree burns. Actually, it just it caught really, really quick, Nick. Wow. And investigators say the incident was caught on the school security cameras. Police have entered that as evidence in the case. Allen is facing aggravated assault, reckless endangerment, and arson charges. Did anyone ever go up in your uh, case? No, but I forget why we did it. Like, would it just burn quickly and then go out? Or there this, was yeah, probably the, it. The phrase do. Yeah, no one wants to cause knee damage. No, but there was some uh, quick thrill that would come as a result. And so we, yeah, we did that. Like a boner? boner? Not a boner <laughs> per se. Well, it was high school, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We probably got wood for yeah. Just right. got a match boner. Man, I got another boner. Got a flame boner. I got a flame boner. <laughs> so this guy's facing arson charges. <laughs> for setting someone. Yeah. <laughs> I got a boner. That's the, just a crazy world we live in with those kids, Preston. The natural <laughs> world never fails to surprise us either. And there's an encounter between an orangutan and a man in Borneo that has melted hearts all over the world. Amateur photographer Anil Prebacher. Uh, uh, captured the fleeting moment in which one of the Indonesian island's critically endangered apes stretched out its hand to help a man out of snake-infested water. I'm just an orangutan, but I know you need help. Prebacher... And I extend my hand to do so. ...was on a safari with friends at an, a conservation forest run by the Borneo Orangutan Survival Foundation uh, when he witnessed the scene. It's pretty wild. The picture, it looks like this ape is saying... It's helping. Come here, I'm going to help you out. Uh, there was a report of a of uh, snakes in that area, so the warden came Go over. Ahead, take my hand, roast beef. And he... <laughs> <laughs> bro dozer, bro dozer. <laughs> and uh, he was. I clear- saw you struggling in that snake pit, and I had to help. The war the warden was was clearing snakes. Uh, the photographer said, "I saw an orangutan come very close to him and just offer him his hand." Isn't that wild? He said it was difficult for the guard to move in the muddy, flowing water. It seemed as if the orangutan was saying, may I help you, to the man. Uh, the photographer said, I just grabbed that moment. It yeah, was, give me your wallet. It was, it was really emotional. <laughs> Venomous snakes are predators of uh, Borneo's orangutans, which are under threat from forest fires, habitat loss, and hunting. Uh, the guard apparently then moved away from the ape and climbed out of the water when uh, Prebacher... Had asked why he moved away. He said they are completely wild. We don't know how they'll react. Uh, he said the entire encounter lasted just three or four minutes. So the ape's trying to help out, and he, yeah. he blows him off. Yeah, don't leave me hanging here, roast beef. Yes, <laughs> trying to help you. But it is a it's a pretty wild picture. Yeah. Well, a man who police say was hiding out in the rafters of a grocery store and stealing merchandise for weeks has been arrested. The phantom of the grocery store. Last month, police released surveillance video from the Hagen Northwest Fresh Market showing a man who would appear from the rafters of the store after hours and steal items like cigarettes. I'm above the cereal aisle. That's where I live. A uh, tipster was able to identify the man. (laughs) The phantom. The supermarkets here inside your ceiling. <laughs> and police tips a search warrant at his home. There was a spill, you see, on aisle three. Where he was arrested. Police no longer believe he was living in the ceiling of the Hagen Market. Up. Police, police looked. Let's round up carts. Uh, police looked. Every brought over there by the 
Pop-Tarts. <laughs> it's life inside the store. <laughs> Police looked in. Open up the supermarket here. Above aisle three. <laughs> that could still be an exciting yeah, show. It would be amazing. Police looked into his background and found that he has a history of construction and roofing, which would explain how he was able to access the ceiling and come and go as he pleased. That's the phantom of the supermarket. Yeah, the hmm. man was also found with $8,000 worth of goods from the store, including top-shelf liquor, cigarettes, and expensive wheels of cheese. <laughs> 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 the Phantom of the Supermarket. Do stealing not my face. But you have such wonderful cheeses. <laughs> it is the only thing I have. <laughs> you love me only for my cheeses. I love you for who you are. No, I say no. It's all about my cheese. <laughs> my cheese is everything. Inconvenient wheels. You try to make me slip with banana peels. <laughs> um, also, so he was stealing top shelf liquor, cigarettes, and expensive wheels of cheese. One of the wheels of cheese was four hundred dollars. Really? Damn. Yeah. Okay. It's a big. Show at the uh, BB&T Wheels of Cheese. He also uh, caused uh, $13,000 worth of damage to the store. Hmm. Uh, he's facing multiple charges of burglary and theft. And there you go. That's what I have in the Wasn't there a guy down the shore who put on a big Phantom of the Opera show at some restaurant? Was yes. That, was the, the, you remember somebody yeah, calling yeah. in? That was like his big thing. He would come out in like, like a velvet Yeah, like wear the cape, cape and the everything. Thing and, the, yeah. and the mask. And it was like a, a restaurant, like 30 people sitting there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, somebody had a, a show they sent to me, like an Elvis impersonator who took a break halfway through. And then a strong man would come out and bend. No. Bend like pans. And then Elvis would come back out. And it was down the shore. I think so. I think it's in the area. I love shows like that. Wow. Uh, Well, speaking of the, uh, the supermarket, uh, Phantom of the supermarket, (laughs) I'm sure that's going to be a daily rush video sometime down the road, but we have a couple of new ones to tell you about. Uh, We have one called Preston's pop and imaging poots. (laughs) Uh, Description, breaking news, pop. So you can watch that now, as well as the Terry Crews interview. Yes, which, uh, which is great. Is, yeah, Terry Crews gets down with Disturbed and gives us a positively, positivity pep talk. I forgot he was singing the, the Disturbed song. <laughs> You're a whore. <laughs> uh, you can watch it now at com. It's sponsored by Punchline Philly Comedy Club Restaurant and Bar. We still have music news and trash and all that stuff to get to in a lesson question, so we'll take a break, come back, and get to that when we return. Stay with us. Listen to all the WMMR podcasts as well as a live stream on your Alexa-enabled device. Just say, Alexa, open MMR. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Revivalist on 93.3 WMMR. It's all my friends. It's 21 minutes after 10 o'clock on the Preston and Steve Show. 
Uh, we have wrapped our traffic for the day, so we're done with that, which means we can move on to giveaways and see if we can get ourselves a prize winner for the lesson question. Today, we're giving away a four-pack of tickets for the Filling Home and Garden Show, which is uh, Friday through Sunday at the Greater Philadelphia Expo Center at Oaks. And uh, let me see, what can we ask you about? All right, if I ever got FU money, I'd buy a big boat and Steve would buy a 315-foot what? 215-263-WMMR, okay? So if I ever got FU money, I would buy a big boat, like a yacht, but Steve would get a 315-foot what? 215-263-WMMR. Let's see if you know the answer. Do you? You should call. And let's see if we can get you a prize. We're going to do the trash while you're calling. The trash business is a gold mine. 93.3 WMMR with Preston and Steve's Hollywood Trash. All right, let's see what we got cooking this morning, Steve. What's going on? Well, Amber Heard seen holding hands with her new girlfriend, Bianca Booty, while attending a pre-Oscar party on Friday night. Her says Booty has been enjoying a trick she learned on Aquaman that involves yodeling into a clam. Oh, my God. Male model Presley Gerber adding to his tattoo collection by getting the word misunderstood under his right eye. Gerber says people think he's just some sort of dumb male model who would jeopardize his career by getting a word tattooed on his face. Oh, my God. Yeah. And finally, all this year's acting and direct, directing Oscar nominees, this is true, received gift gift bags worth almost a quarter of a million dollars each. Included in each bag was 6,000 Yeti mugs, 909,000 golf tees, and a pen. <laughs> and that's your Hollywood track. You know, we don't, you don't hear that much about the, the gift bags anymore. No. That used to be all the rage to talk about what came in those yeah. gift bags. Yeah, you know, about that. you know what I didn't realize is that a while ago, that whole thing became a separate company unto itself. I believe it. So there's a company, because obviously you're putting these... Uh, Basically, the way you know you're talking about influences and stuff like this. Mm-hmm. So this company handles all this, but almost a quarter of a million dollars each bag. It's pretty sweet. Yeah. Indeed. All right. Uh, lesson question. Let's see if we can get an answer to this. If I ever get FU money, I'll be buy a big boat. Steve will get a 315 foot. What? I'm going to go to Brian for the answer. Hey, Brian. Yo, what's up? Yo, man. All right. What What will Steve buy? The 315 feet long. Buy a canoe. A canoe. Yeah. Yep, one moment. Hang on, Brian. We'll get your information and give you your prize. A four-pack of tickets to Philly Home and Garden Show uh, Friday through Sunday at the Greater Philadelphia Expo Center at Oaks. For more information and discount tickets, you go to phillyhomeandgardenshow.com. It is time now for music news. Now, Preston and Steve's music news on 93.3 WMMR. By the way, a little factoid here for you. The longest canoe ever measured was 149 feet, one inches long. Got that beat. Was built by students and teachers at Nokomis Regional High School in Newport, Maine. <laughs> was was everything to scale, like the uh, the benches you sit on up five know. stories? Let's see if we can find pictures of that. I have no idea. It's in the Guinness, Guinness record, though. Let's go to this story. Guitarist John Frusciante performed with two of his Red Hot Chili Peppers bandmates for the first time since his return to the band was announced during a memorial in Los Angeles on Saturday. It was for Andrew uh, Burkle, an aspiring film producer and son of billionaire Ron Burkle. Uh, Frusciante performed with... Debbie Burkle and Philippe Burkle. Uh, with Anthony Kiedis and Flea, while Jane's Addiction drummer Stephen Perkins stood in for the absent drummer Chad Smith. Huh. 
Uh, Chili Peppers members performed Iggy Pop's I Want to Be Your Dog and Gang of Four's Not Great Men, as well as their own Give It Away. Uh, The event, organized by the Tony Hawk Foundation, also included a performance by Jane's Addiction, uh, which features, of course, Dave Navarro. At one point, Frusciante had also joined Jane's Addiction on stage for a rendition of Mountain Song, and it was Navarro who had replaced Frusciante and the Chili Peppers after the latter's first departure from the band in 1994. So they got a chance to play together for the first time in quite a long time. Pearl Jam shared a third video for the band's new single, Dance of the Clairvoyance, with the clip being billed as the band's first official music video in seven years. Technically titled Dance of the Clairvoyance Mach 3, the new video follows a pair of earlier clips called Mach 1 and Mach 2. While those clips featured a heavy emphasis on nature, the new video features the band itself performing the song against a revolving backdrop of stars, mountains, lightning, and more. Mach? Yeah. yeah. Three. Yeah. Song. Yeah. yeah. Pearl. Yeah. Pearl. Jam. Uh, Dance of the Clairvoyance is the lead single off of Gigaton. Mm-hmm. Uh, have that for a while. I, I never not want to hear it. A song called River Cross was also heard during a brief Super Bowl commercial last week in the group's first LP since 2013's Lightning Bolt is due out on March 27th. And then one last story. Green Day has shared a music video for Meet Me on the Roof, a song from the band's just-released 13th LP, Father of All Mother Effers. The clip features uh, Gaten Martirazzo from Stranger Things. Yeah. Uh, The album came out on Friday, and Green Day stopped by the Ellen Show that day to perform Oh Yeah and participate in a cooking demonstration along with Snoop Dogg and Martha Stewart. What a world. It is a bizarre world. So that Gaten, is it Gaten or? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, but Gaten. Yeah, so he um, he just had another surgery. It's basically he loses the, the teeth and everything because the bone density is not all it should be in his body. So they reinforce it and he went through another surgery that, that uh, turned out very well. But it's amazing how well he's doing considering he's got this condition. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then one last thing, actually. We have some tickets. This is for Megadeth and Lamb of God. The show you've been waiting for. Uh, BB&T Pavilion, June 18th at the Trivium and in Flames. Uh, with tri- Not at the Trivium, but with Trivium. Trivium. With, with Trivium and in Flames. Uh, tickets are on sale Friday at 10 a.m. at Ticketmaster.com. We'll take caller number 20, and I will give you tickets to see Megadeth and Lamb of God. Uh, there will be a pre-sale on Thursday from 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. while supplies last. Uh, the password to use is radio. Uh, you can call now to win a pair of tickets before you can buy them. So, like I said, call number 20. We will give you those tickets. Megadeth and Lamb of God, BB&T Pavilion, June 18th with Tibium and In Flames. Tickets are on sale Friday with a pre-sale on Thursday. With special guest, Tiffany. Yeah. All right, and there you go, your music news. We're going to take a break. Come back in a second. Letter of the day, a new word of the week prize. Tell you about it all when we get back. Stay with us. What's new? Glad you asked. Green Day. Sturgill Simpson. Papa Roach. New music.
music, more of everything that rocks. On 93.3 WMMR. MMR rocks with some Tom Petty. You don't know how it feels. Preston the Steve Show. 10.38, yeah, Monday morning, but uh, coming to a close here for us. That's uh, one out of the way. A few more to go. I know we can already look towards the weekend. Why not? That's what work is all about, isn't it? Wait, Absolutely. Waiting for the weekend. Uh, so a thank you very much to one Mr. Rob frickin' McElhenney. For calling us this morning, he's been very, very busy in promoting Mythic Quest Raven's Banquet, uh, which is now streaming on Apple TV Plus. I know that uh, you guys have been watching it. Uh, it's and it's not um, it's not an extension of uh, It's Always Sunny. It's a different show. Yeah, and but it's really especially listen if you're a gamer, that's a perk, but you don't have to be. It's just a funny show. Yeah. So uh, Rob. Chatted about a bunch of different things and uh, we'll be hopefully in town in June for the Cora Golf Outing, which, uh, you know, we'll be hosting once again. And uh, details on that available at PrestonSteve.com. You want to sign up, maybe hang out because you never know. There have been years where he and Charlie and Danny and Caitlin and Glenn have all been there. Is it possible he brings in some people from Mythic Quest? You never know. Should be pretty Playing cool. golf with F. Murray Abraham. Oh, my God. Oh, wow. Uh, with Salieri? Yes. Awesome. Uh, Steven Singer stopped by, too. It was great yes. to see him. Uh, his dog. The Rose Gold Rose. Yep, he brought him his dog, Buddy, Buddy Love. And uh, the Valentine's Day uh, deadline is running out soon for free shipping. you got to get it by Wednesday, I believe Wednesday, he said. Yeah. yeah. So don't miss that opportunity. It was great to see him this morning. Uh, we need to do the letter of the day for the Word of the Week prize. So um, let's go ahead and do that now. Preston and Steve on 93.3 WMMR. Now, the Daily Letter. All right, and the Preston and Steve show is brought to you today by the letter... R, as in radio. Radio. (laughs) Who needs the radio? All right, so you now have the first letter. It is an R. And we have a $500 Steven Singer gift card that we're going to give away on Friday. And you can get one of Steven Singer's popular fully dipped classic gold roses for Valentine's Day starting at just $69. Only at I Hate Steven Singer. Dot com. One of the things I also want to do on our way out <clears throat> is um, give away some lift tickets for a Cardboard Classic coming up. Um, the, now, that's going to be on Friday, March 6th, and I will take, uh, how, how many should I give away, Case? You got three there. Three? Holy All right. mama! 10, 11, and 12. We'll take those callers. 215-263-WMMR. There is a flash sale that is going on now. $10 lift tickets, which are going to be available through Sunday, February 23rd. Oh! And the flash sale is happening, by the way, for the Cardboard Classic Winter Hat and Long Sleeve T-Shirt on sale in the MMR Rock Shop through noon today. And that's it. So if you want to get the hat and the Long Sleeve T-Shirt, the flash sale is happening through noon today at WMMR.com. Awesome. And stuff's really get, good. Yeah, yeah. They, they look great. They're, they're, it's great material and it just makes the whole package come together for the Cardboard Classic. So grab that if you can. Uh, let me see. I guess I can thank our sponsor and yeah. move along. So uh, thank you very much to the Aviation Institute of Maintenance, bringing you the Preston and Steve Show. Call today and start training tomorrow. Call 888-FIX-JETS. And tomorrow on the program, we have the director and star of Timmy Failure, Mistakes Were Made, uh, Tom McCarthy and Winslow, is it? Fegley. Fegley. Cool. Yeah, so studio. this movie is now on yeah. Disney+. Plus. I, I watched a lot of it uh, over the weekend. It's 
I think it's really good. Yeah, I saw it listed. Yeah. I'll have to check it out. I'll watch it tonight. This little kid, Winslow, is so good. He he really, really is. I, I, I think um, your kids will get a kick out of it, Press. I think right. you might like it, too. Cool. Excellent. So we'll have that and more tomorrow morning. Don't forget to watch Dr. Oz because we'll have another $500 shot for you. Uh, and that's it. We are done. Rage on. Have a great day. Pierre's in next. We'll see you later, gang. Bye-bye. The Breston and Steve love you. Line. Could you bunch of dummies actually act like you've seen an accident on the side of the road? It's just a fender bender. Keep moving. Next message. Hey, good morning, baby. How are you? I hope you have a great day at school. I love you very much. See you when you get home. Next message. Today is my birthday. It's also my wife's birthday and my son's birthday. I'm not even important today. The Preston and Steve Love You, Hate You line. Call 484-434-1333. MMR rocks. Brought to you by DellToyota.com and DellChevrolet.com. Jack, sell them for less.